Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Open Mic with the MVP Marco. I am, of course, your host, the MVP Marco. And before I get to my guest, uh, which, like I said, this is probably this is probably my biggest guest. Not to you know, not to put down any of my guests I had before. I think this is about like the seventeenth or eighteenth episode. No one before you guys. Sorry, but this one for me is a is a big one. Not to put a not a, not to put a lot of pressure on uh <laughs> on the person coming up, but uh this is a, this is a big one for me. But anyway, um before we start the show, I always like to say this show is brought to you by the Pod Foundation. Um, what is the Pod Foundation? You ask. It's a uh, collection of podcasters and content creators that consist of the chick foley show uh which i'm a part of shout out sheena seth and jordan um also the extra cooler show uh nick and friends you know nick's killing it i said it last week he's you know designing gear for ftr now um like i said a little show called aw all in uh you may have seen his design uh have uh, seen on there so yeah definitely check it out and um yeah he's doing big things uh we're very proud of uh Nick and the uh, and the extra cooler uh, crew. Uh, we also have the Turnbuckle Tavern. That's a part of our crew. I mean, they're they're the definitely the workhorses of of the Pod Foundation. They literally have a, uh, a show every single day of the week. Um, I'm on one of them actually, so I'm pulling double duty, technically triple duty if you count this show. Um, Eight o'clock Thursday nights, uh, the Raw Down on the Turnbuckle Tavern on YouTube. Uh, you get to see my uh, my uh, my my musings on the WWE product, um, as well as my co-host, Young Anthony, and uh, the next show that's actually on the uh, Pod Foundation, which is coming down the aisle with J-Bone. Um, so he, he rounds out the third on the Raw Down crew. So definitely check us out, like I said, live every Thursday night at 8. Um, and you can hear our musings on the uh, on the WWE product, um, which is going to be a lot different now. Um, <laughs> we won't get into those topics, but yeah, it's, it's looking a little different. A new, a dawn of a new era, uh, is upon us, uh, come tomorrow. But, uh, anyway, let me bring in my, uh, my next guest. So this, this gentleman, um, to me, um, uh, next to Sheena, Chick Foley, uh, is kind of like for me, the pillars of the, uh, like IG wrestling community. I say they, they're, they're the two pillars um, that kind of like boosted up that community. And then it just, obviously now it's, you know, it, it's everywhere. So um, he, he'll probably disagree, but, um, or he might not be, <laughs> he might say, yes, I took, I'm taking all the credit, but uh, let me bring in, uh, <laughs> let me bring in uh, Justin from the wrestling classic. Justin, how are Ooh, you? Oh, I am good, man. I am. I am good. I just realized first things first. I am gonna disagree a little bit. I do agree to an extent. I do think I am okay. On the internet, Instagram, Instagram wrestling community for sure. Yes, uh, not the internet. That's that's a whole different. <laughs> yeah, um, I'm a part of that too. But the Instagram community, I think I am, and I think Sheena's been one of them. And I think I just think there's been a. You said two of us. I think there was a handful of us. I think there was a, a bunch of pillars. And people that were on here early on, some that aren't on here no longer, mm-hmm. some that grew up and actually became professional wrestlers. Yeah, that's right. The business. Um, but you know, I, I think Instagram launched in like what 2011, 12. Yeah, I started my page in 2014, and most of the community was role play accounts and yeah, yeah, and some classic wrestling pages. But um, the pages becoming real people. I think I was one of the first people and Sheena was one of those people. And interesting mm-hmm. enough, I did not realize till you were doing this intro that 
in the just this year alone, I, I've I've been on Extra Cooler Show, I've been on Turnbuckle Tapper, <laughs> <laughs> the Pod Foundation that I now heard about is uh, is is uh, is getting me on their shows, and I don't usually do podcasts. I'm be honest with you, I did a lot of these in the past, and then mm-hmm. I never understood why I did them. I'm probably gonna feel the same way after this. <laughs> <laughs> But I'm here. Uh, I'm used to hosting them. Um, I'm used to going on the ones where, um, you know, we talk about certain things that are happening in wrestling or whatever. Yep. But I mean, the ones where I come on and I'm like supposed to talk about myself, I always find so interesting. I mean, you know, I mean, I I try to, you know, keep it lighthearted. Um, Yeah. You know, I'm not going to like delve into you like, you know. Yeah, 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 your traumas and all that stuff. Yeah, I'm not mean, a psychologist we, or anything like that. Can we just have um, a full-on therapy session, right? <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, if you want, I, I could, I could try, but uh, probably, uh, probably won't be uh, successful in in curing anything for you. But, um, <laughs> but anyway, but yeah, that's kind of funny. Uh, that I know, I, I did see your your episode on uh, the turnbuckle debate, uh, which is pretty awesome. Um, I've been on there a few times already. Um, yeah, the extra, like I said, it's you know you're kind of like an unofficial member of the uh, of the Pod Foundation, just you know jumping on all these shows now. So I, yeah, I didn't even know I you. Yeah, you know, and I've I've had a great relationship for years with Sheena and and her husband. They've been like I said, I feel like they've been around since I've been around. She's yep. one of the first people to buy and rep one of my shirts when I mm-hmm. when I put on merchandise back in the day, um, which I need to put new merchandise out, guys. Uh, and also just like uh, Nick uh, of Extra Cool, like the mm-hmm. amount of things that either we've done together or he steered me in the right direction or I steered him into a direction of an opportunity. Um, it's continuous. It's happening right now too. I don't want to spill the beans or anything, but there's some stuff Nick might be working on that I, uh, mm. that I got involved with recently. It just, uh, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's a cool little community here in the pod foundation. Those turnbuckle guys are great. I never talked to them before. It's similar to you. This is like our first time, like face to face conversation. Um, that was the same thing with them. And it's just positive, like obviously we all have opinions, but positive, mm-hmm. not dirt treaty, not trying to break the news. Wrestling fans that just want to talk about wrestling and uh, love the business, and you know, the, all, once again, everyone has their opinions, what they like and don't like. But at the end of the day, just want to see the business succeed, and they're not trying to, you know, get headlines and clicks and that type of stuff, which I always appreciate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's and that's what the idea behind the Pod Foundation was when. Uh... Dina and Seth actually, you know, came up with the idea and they were like, you know, kind of scouring, looking around at like they they pretty much went after podcasts that they listened to. Mm. Um, and then, you know, they reached out to these individuals and said, Hey, I mean, she's known, you know, extra cooler for forever since the beginning, pretty much. I'm pretty um, sure like, you guys around since like 2015, 16. Yeah. So I think like, you guys kind of all <laughs> kind of interacted and kind of like helped each other yeah. out in some way and kind of like propped each other up. But um yeah, the idea just you know having those guys on board and stuff like that, and like I said, I've you know they they brought me on board on their on their feed, um, on their show. They, I mean, I I love those guys. They're uh, they're a great bunch of dudes to uh to you know talk wrestling with. And actually, you know, you brought up a a point I kind of want to ask you about since you're kind of uh, to me one of like the f- people in the forefront when it comes to you know wrestling, um, uh, in the wrestling space, dirt sheet stuff. What are your thoughts on like? you know, fans being so involved with like the, you know, the backstage drama. I mean, I'm not a, I'm not a drama person. I'd rather like not hear about that stuff. I like to live in kayfabe land pretty much. That's, that's me anyway. But like, it's kind of disheartening sometimes for me anyway, when you hear like, you know, the, the, like the tribalism that happens when it, you know, when it comes to, you know, the backstage politics, when 
in reality, you should be just focusing on what's what's on your screen. What are your thoughts on that? I uh, I agree with you. And I think just recently when MJF sat down with Dave LaGreca for the town hall that they did for Busted Open, Dave LaGreca is a great guy. And obviously MJF is. But uh, yeah. I will have to say that now because he's like a good guy right now. Yeah, pretty and, much. Uh, <laughs> and I remember Max at some point during that town hall was like, yo, guys, like, just stop the tribalism. Like, we're all having fun. Like, you guys are picking WWE, AEW for, for the most part. Both ta- The talents of both companies, they get along. Mm-hmm. They're friends. Like, well, it, the more that we, uh, we, both companies succeed, the better it is for both of us to elevate yeah. ourselves. It's true, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think that's one thing that I think wrestling fans take consideration is that, like, everything you hear on the dirt sheets, and this is, the, okay, I'm going to be like that old man right now that's going to be like, back in my day, you know, <laughs> they used to be better. But, like, um, I read the dirt sheets when I was a kid. I never, I've never mm-hmm. been a wrestling observer, newsletter, subscriber. I didn't even know what that was until like I got older. Um, yeah. But you know, when the, I was on the internet, I'd go like backstagewrestling.com or call the hotline. And I found out like yep. all Nash and Hogan got signed back to the WWE, the rumors. Like I would find those little tidbits here and there as a kid, mm-hmm. but like technically I didn't really go on the dirt sheets a lot. And there was a point where I did a lot, but it was during those years. I always had like this dark period of professional wrestling, like 2007, yeah. 2011. Mm. I wasn't watching every pay-per-view. Smackdowns were on Friday, but I watched every Monday and I watched Impact. But then I'd go read the Smackdown spoilers and see what else was going on, just kind of keep up with it. But because I wasn't watching so um, like avidly. But that all being said, uh, I think now because of social media, and I'm a part of that community, right? Like mm-hmm. social media, like even if you want to avoid reading the news and the rumors, because that was the thing with me, right? Like. I stopped once I got back into wrestling, like around oh, 2011, 12, like fully, like CM Punk dropped the pipe bomb. I'm back in WWE. Yeah. Yeah. Punk left. I started my page. In comes the shield. Oh, this is all so much fun. Everything's great. Brian's popping off. Cause I just didn't like the Cena era, but now we're past it. Kevin Owens guys all showing up. Like it was a great time. <laughs> I actually stopped reading um, the dirt sheets. I just, I just never went out of my way to go to any of those websites and read what was happening. I had buddies that did like, can't you read that? Like Ryan sat and pr- said that on pro wrestling. Show. I'm like, no, I don't. Because what yeah. I learned was the less I know, the more I actually enjoy the product, mm-hmm. the more I can genuinely be surprised. Yep. The so many times something happens and I, even on my page has happened so many times where I will start acting really surprised on my page because I'm genuinely surprised. So I didn't know. I'd be like, Oh my god, I didn't see that coming. That's so cool. And someone's in my comment section, like, yo, Dave Meltzer said that was gonna happen like two weeks ago, man. Yeah. I didn't know that you do because you were trying to find yeah. I didn't. You know, I wish wrestling had the same culture as people have when it comes to like some TV shows and movies where it's like, you know, when Avengers comes out, nobody wants anyone to leak the yep. story. Yep. Yep. No one's like before the movie comes out being like, who's got the script? Who leaked it? Okay. Does anybody know what the cameos are? Find out. Like, it's not like the cool thing to put that stuff out. It's like the bad thing to do. But in wrestling, for some reason, it's the cool thing to do. To break the news. To figure it out first. Oh, CM Punk might be coming back. Oh, this person's backstage. Why do you want to know? And then then, and then you say you want to know. I'm going on a little bit of a rant here. A little bit of a tangent. No, that's fine. No, go ahead. You say you want to <laughs> know, right? You say like, oh my God, wrestling's so predictable. Well, it is predictable if you want to know every little thing. Uh-huh. Take yep. away all the mystique. You say K-Fab. Then it's the same people that complain that, like, oh, like, 
you know, like we already know this is happening. We know that's happening. Oh, CM Punk, this brawl. Oh, the elite, yada, yada, yada. Oh, Vince McMahon, sexual assault. Oh, Vince is backstage. Vince isn't backstage. He wrote the show today. He didn't write the show today. And then at the same time, those are the same people being like, well, why is Rhea Ripley posting with Buddy Matthews that they're married? Whatever happened yeah. to Gabe? <laughs> what you, what's the most hypocritical shit I've ever heard in my life? That's hilarious. <laughs> what is fake? Do you want to know? Do you not want to know if the wrestlers do it? You get mad at them if the dirt sheets do it. It's okay. That's what their jobs is. And I think, I, I know, I don't want to like jump ahead, but one of your questions coming up might be like, oh, like, how'd you start your page, right? Yeah. I'm not going to get into details about that, but I'll say this. When I started my page, when I thought I was sitting there and I was working at a phone booth, bored as hell, in a mall that's dead as hell, at all day to kill with a few customers at a time, <laughs> at like 22 years old, I remember being like, oh, I want to do something. Like I kept saving, and I have done this. Even Like I said, no matter, even if I say I fell in wrestling for a bit, I still love professional wrestling. So I was like saving all these cool pictures, and I, I had a marketing degree, and I, as I was working in that phone place, I had a few contracts doing social media for some places. And I was like, man, I'm just going to build my own thing. I'm like, I want to post these wrestling pictures somewhere. I want to post it where I can share with other people, and like, we can all look at this stuff, right? Mm-hmm. And and. Not to jump ahead of the story, but I'll say when I was deciding where to do it, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Reddit, like where do, where do I want to fit in? I'm like, well, I looked at Twitter. I'm like, Twitter, even back in 2014, is a place where people like to complain. Yep. And like it, It's less positive. It's, it's where people like to complain or parody, comment, make fun of things. You know, like it was more negative. It was the dirt sheet culture on Twitter. That was the know-it-alls were on Twitter. The haters were on Twitter. The people that say everything, you know, they were on Twitter. So I'm like, I don't, and it was already like a market, right? It was already con- like a saturated market. Reddit, I didn't really mess with back then. I didn't really know what it was. Facebook, I was already went into that space. It was like for your aunts and uncles and it was no longer for us kids. So like, um, so then I was like, okay, well, Instagram's new. It hasn't really has, it doesn't have like, you know, that space, like that wrestling page that is like you know that is the home of wrestling pages it doesn't have it's uh you know when i was a kid i used to go on those forums and i'd fight with people and i'd comment on stuff mm-hmm. and jump on a thread and we'd be on the message boards and i'm like i, I miss i missed that i didn't do it for a lot of years i I, I even did that like silly role play stuff on msn groups where you'd go on there and you pick a wrestler and you cut promos and you get booked in matches like i did all that stuff yeah so I was like, oh, I want to create a space for wrestling fans to have fun, man. And it wasn't just about, like, yeah, I, uh, you know, initially I didn't post any news. I never gave anyone updates on the co- modern day wrestling. It really yep. was just all classic wrestling. Then I started mixing some of the new stuff because I liked it. Then I came to the idea of, like, well, I can make the old fans understand what's happening today. And, you know, the younger fans know what we grew up on. And then eventually now it's like a mix of everything. Then I did start doing updates. But I still don't like, if something's a rumor or if it's like negative news, like, I won't share it. I yeah. remember when this stuff happened with Soraya, aka Paige, I never posted anything about it. Any of this punk stuff, I, outside of him actually getting fired, I didn't post about that drama. I don't think that's yeah. my place in this community. I think the place in the community for me is keep people updated, throwing some classic stuff at them. Obviously, the women stuff, which is controversial and polarizing. But when I stop, then the people get mad. When I keep going, then the religious people get mad. I, uh, but all the women are in on it. But that's a whole different topic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like the, the women's wrestlers all follow the page. They send me the pictures. I talk to them. They know who I am. They've met me. All the models they post, I've, I've befriended them over the years. It's not like it's like, oh my god. Uh, but anyways, I, I'm not a big fan of the whole dirty. I understand the purpose. I understand they make money. I will never disregard um, anybody's hustle. I've met Sean Ross yeah. 
met Dave Meltzer. I've met them all. They're all super cool people. That's their job. They're making some bank off it. People want to know. It's, I mean, it is like everything, right? Like shows like ET Hollywood and these access Hollywood shows exist because people want to yeah. know what's going on in people's personal lives. Um, but it's like, I, I think it kind of ruins wrestling. I think, it, I think people can blame so many things on what ruined wrestling. It was UFC or people found it was fake. It, it, I think it was the dirt sheets becoming a very public thing. I think it was the internet that really yeah. ruined wrestling, social media, to be able to like Google something. Like, you know, when we, if we thought it was fake or not, it was word of mouth. Now they can just go, is wrestling fake? And you'll find out. Like, you know, yeah. like, <laughs> it's a different era. So I think to really enjoy professional wrestling, to genuinely enjoy it and not be so analytical about it. Not everybody needs to be an analyst. Not everybody needs to be a podcaster. Not everybody needs to break down what's going on. Not everybody needs to be an armchair, you know, booker. And I'm saying that as like, I do all that stuff. So like, oh, yeah, oh. <laughs> we all do. <laughs> I'm one of those people that think I am. So like, I'm not saying that like, I'm trying to like throw shots at anybody. I'm like, but not everybody has to do Like people can still just watch it and enjoy it for what it is. I say yeah. I do it because I had to continue to grow what I was already doing and yep. adapt or perish. But for the most part, if you're just still a fan chilling and you know, if you got Monday night free, you're going to turn a rod. Like, just enjoy it. Stop looking into it. Like just enjoy it for what it is. You'll enjoy it so much more. Trust me the reason why children love professional wrestling is because they're still innocent to them. It's still real to yeah. them. They believe it. They actually still suspend their disbelief and just enjoy the show and the characters without caring about what they're like. Like when people start, there's a whole group of people now, I think that dislike CM Punk, not because they dislike CM Punk, the character, the rest of the guy that cuts the promos, they dislike the fact that he has beef with the elite. Now CM Punk's a cancer. If yeah. he's a cancer to that locker room, is he a cancer to your life? No, exactly. Yeah. Are you yeah. in that locker room? Are you part? Are you going there week to week, sitting there having to deal with the Phil Brooks's antics? No, you aren't. Nope. So why does it matter to you? Yeah, it's a, it, the the thing about that too is like you know with 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 those types of stories, it's it's one sided, right? Like the the news you're hearing, it's it's you know the the saying goes, it's your side, my side, and then the truth, right? Yeah. You're only hearing one side yeah, you're not hearing you know. the other two sides first hand like who's the inside scoop nobody from cm punk's side has said anything about what yeah, exactly exactly you're just hearing one it's side of that whole argument you and whoever wants to talk about it that work there no yeah. one that's actually gonna be like yo like dax cash punk yeah Mark, what do they have to say nobody's really said anything about no which i respect too that they're not coming out and like you know saying anything and it's uh and I, you know, like I, I've never got to talk about it on air yet. This whole CM Punk situation, and I'm a, I, I'm a punk fan for life, and I, 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 I enjoy the Young Bucks. I think Kenny's tremendous, so I'm not like fuck the elite or anything. I like both sides, yeah. but one side does have more of a relationship with this internet community than the other side. Oh yeah, of course. And, 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 and if you're just reading what's on the internet, that's like saying like, say if I was in a fight with someone. But you were getting all the news from the wrestling classic page. If, yeah, I mean, That's my page. Like these are my people. <laughs> like, yep. If you, if you think of, yeah, and if you think about it, he's you know, punk. You know, the boom, the wrestling boom from when he left, is like that whole six, six, seven years he was gone was a big wrestling boom in, on the internet and social media. So he he's not going to be you know, uh, like taken in by that community. As 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 fondly as the elite and you know all those guys oh, there, he's, he's kind of missed out 
had a whole while, thing while he was gone, but they were the guys that were very they took advantage of exactly Meltzer's of the world of like, oh well, we're not in WWE, we're not in some big company, but if we're cool with Meltzer here, write about us our matches, we'll get over. Oh, we're gonna make one of our pile drivers called the Meltzer driver. We're gonna yep. wish we get five <laughs> stars, we're gonna make five stars the culture, like and I listen. I think that's dope. I appreciate the hustle. That's a very smart business tactic to get you guys stuff over, get people talking, keeping that buzz going. I'll never both, no matter what, like I, I will say like whatever they did is fine. I just saying like to your point, only one side of the story has been out and only one narrative has been out this entire time. Yeah. And that's okay. And I, and you know, listen, I've had people close to me that came to me and was like, you know, he's a cancer, like, you know, damaged goods. That's cool. I, I don't know. As a fan, I wish he was still there. As a person that wants AEW to succeed, okay, maybe it was the right decision. Maybe if it was causing a toxic atmosphere, cool. But I also am not there. If that's the case, sweet. Yep. But, you know, as a fan, I wish he was still there. I wish he was still running collision. I wish we were still getting that collision we were getting at the beginning. I, but, you know, some people don't have the, uh, and someone said this to me straight up, like they don't have the choice to look at it as a fan they have to look at it from a professional point of view and to them that's how they felt and that's fair because i you have a connection to that company more than i do so you have you yeah. can't be a fan right so it's like this is and i think let's move punk and the elite stuff all to the side i always said this right like and, I, and this is where um i think it all boils down to right i people will be like oh like you know why do, like you know do you dislike Dave Meltzer? Like, do you think Dave Meltzer is a fraud? Because, you know, now with all the podcasts that come out, Bruce Pritchard's, Bischoff's, I'll be like, we found out how yeah. many his newsletter was just fake or made up. Like, we've, there's a lot. Yeah. Anybody that listens to any of these people's podcasts, be like, that was BS. I've never, nobody said that. Like, but this guy was making stuff up to put in the newsletter because nobody was debunking him and people were reading it and just believing it, you know? Like, yep. Yep. Now he's getting debunked a bunch and like, and then now there's the whole drama about five stars. Like he's never given Kurt Angle a five star match. Just personally, you know, but no, Kenny Omega's got like seven star matches and yada yada yada. I always said this: one, I will never disregard Dave Meltzer's hustle. Genius guy. Yeah. You know, with a profit off the wrestling business for over thirty years and get a bunch of people to subscribe to his newsletter, whether he was putting truth or BS in it. Two, I have nothing against Dave Meltzer. I've never had anything against the man, Dave Meltzer. It's the people that took his word for gospel. It's the people that can't form their own opinions it's the people that when they see something like the people that thought anything he said was actual fact yeah if a match is five stars it doesn't mean it has to be five stars to you yep he said that stadium stampede match at all in was like four and a quarter stars i thought that was like a negative one star match i, I didn't know what the <laughs> hell <laughs> you know but it's that's my opinion that's his opinion like it's just it was always the people that kind of like were the you know the people that like were ride or die for for dave Meltzer that i thought was like yo just form your own opinions and just agree to disagree that's the biggest thing i think the wrestling fandom has is nobody knows how to agree to disagree yeah like, no definitely right like you could like uh i don't know if you ever followed that page of wrestling historian yes yeah i do hcm punk wasn't an mjf fan ever <laughs> We talk about it all the time, but the one thing about our debates is that we always agree to disagree. We never offend each other. He knows I'm an MJF fan. He knows I'm a punk fan. I know yeah. he's not. He'll message me talking crap. I'll message him talking crap. But we're friends at the end of the day because we know that like we can agree to disagree and just go on with our lives and still be friends and talk about stuff. You exactly. Know? That and that's what how it should be anyway. I mean, like especially now with uh like the reason why I brought that question up was because you know 
in that same interview, you know, um, MJF talked about, you know, there's like a, there's a boom, like a wrestling boom right now. And if you like, we're in the middle of something that's like kind of unprecedented in the sense where you have, well, back in the attitude, I had WCW, WWF at the time. And now you have multiple, like, not that they're on the same echelon as WWE, but you have AEW, you have GCW, you have Impact, which just celebrated their 1,000, you know, that's that's insane. Like, you have alternatives. You have alternatives. And I, I posted on your, uh, on your, your, your post on Instagram that, uh, the, that Eric Bischoff uh, quote about, you know, wrestling being a buffet and, you know, you pick and choose what you like and you're not forcing anyone to, to eat the food that you're eating. When you're in a buffet line, that person next to you, they're picking what they like and you, you're picking what you like and you, you move on with your business. And that's how, that's how I always see wrestling as that's how it should be anyway. I mean, I grew up on WCW and WWF. Those are the first two things I remember. I didn't really get exposed to ECW till later, but like those, I, I saw it by accident a few times at like 2 AM when I was like, eight nine years old on tnn yeah but that was in like 1999 2000 like it was already like late ecw so i didn't get the ecw buzz i mean i also like had on tape like the time to show up on raw and sabu fell off the raw side and stuff like that. my brother taped all that stuff but um i just didn't know ecw like that but wcw and wwf was my stuff and it's like it was missing for a lot of years we had tna for oh excuse me we had tna for like a minute <laughs> and um and i just think you know, when I started my page, it was like it was really WWE heavy. TNA wasn't doing that well. Yep. Um, a lot of people were tuning into New Japan as the alternative. Yep. You know, Ring of Honor was good in like 2014, but around like 2017, just kind of was not. Yep. And then um, now, I think we do have a lot of alternatives. And I think yeah, I once I don't see it that much on Instagram. Maybe I'm just like turning a blind eye to it. I don't know. But I know on Twitter, like there was like pages dedicated to like. Favor AEW, FWE, and then there's some dedicated to love WWE, FAW. And it's on Twitter that I see the most. Yeah, we... <laughs> it's also in my Discord. I have a Discord, and you guys can click the link in my bio and join. There's people in there that are like that too, but it's just like I don't I don't get it. Like I want AEW to succeed because they'll always make WWE have to step up their game, whether they want to yep. admit or not. Yeah, them on their toes to like be good and have something yeah. going to not be outshone by this little company that's a family run to this big corporate company that's like got shareholders and sponsors and now your endeavor is going to own it and the audience you know what i mean like yeah they're using its own stratosphere and it is getting poked by this little company over it is whether you like it or not like it gave a place for talent to go and make money and leave their company it's given people an alternative to if you don't like this product you can watch this product so like whether they're smaller or bigger like they are an alternative and i think as long as they succeed like you think that WWE isn't like gearing up so hard to make WrestleMania and Philly have like even a thousand or two thousand more fans there than they had at Wembley? Oh yeah, of course. Like that's like that, that's it. Like if you say there's no like, I'm not saying there's like direct. Like I don't think WWE has anything to fear in terms of like going out of business or like crumbling. Yeah, yeah. That fear does not exist. Them making money hand over fist is nothing. Not a problem, to WWE. But for AEW to get better stats than them, like yeah. that's a worse show them type of thing that will maybe bother them a little bit, you know. Oh, yeah, losing talent is something that might bother them a little bit. Um, the littler things, like you know, like someone being like, I don't want to resign here because I know I can go there and probably make double the money, yep, from this guy that's a big fan of me and work less dates, you know. Yeah. Uh, 
so that's where I think the comp- competitive part comes. It's, there's no like AEW is going to shut down WWE and it's the 90s again and there was still a family-owned business where they're taking allegedly taking the water coolers out of Stanford. It's that's that that's yeah. never <laughs> going to happen unless AEW like fully changes its business model because that's a whole different topic in a personal opinion way. Um, because I feel like they don't try to grow their fan base; they just cater to the ones they already have. Yeah. But um, I think AEW is no is a threat to them in, in a small way. And oh I yeah, definitely. This, but I don't think I think fans should want both of them to succeed. I think fans should want to see WWE get better. I think fans should want to see AEW to keep trying to compete with WWE. Like AEW should try to get to the level 110. Um, percent Mocking them for trying isn't cool. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I don't. I don't like it. Yeah, no, definitely. But um, <clears throat> I was gonna say. So as far as uh, you know, because you kind of already, well, we could get into a little bit of the of the page and stuff like that. But even before that, as far as you know, your wrestling fandom is concerned, like, how did it start? Not in the generic way where you know, like, oh, I you know I seen this you know you know Hulk Hogan body slam or whatever, but like, who was there's always a person or there's always something that brings you into wrestling. Can you recall who well, that brother was a wrestling fan? So okay. my brother's 10 years older than me. So uh, when I was born, he was already 10 years old. He was a full on Hulkamaniac 80s child. Yep. He had all the LGN Hasbro figures, magazines, and he had a habit that I also picked up when I was like in my teenage years where he'd record everything that was on TV. So he'd record the Raws and the Nitros and, and and the Thunders and obviously some missing here and there. But like we had, I, had, I grew up with all these VHS tapes and like the old scam of the two VCRs go rent a video from Blockbuster, tape us yep. on tape. Like, <laughs> like I had like I had all these tapes. I still have these boxes of tapes in my closet. I don't even know why I still keep them. I don't even think I have a VCR, but it's just like this tie I have to them because that's how I became a wrestling fan. Yep. I you know and I and people like when do you remember how old you are? I'm like I guess from as far as I, I I can remember like I remember when my first actual vivid memories of seeing wrestling on TV was was like 1996 like I feel like that was when I like I remember like seeing Raw live or Superstars live you know and Saturday Night WCW and all that like 96 was that year like I remember seeing it okay I watch it but I'm like prior to that I was seeing it all this all the time because my brother I was yeah. around. I had all the toys like I had it like you know like yeah I had my X-Men and my Power Ranger dolls that I was doing wrestling moves on and all this other stuff but I had all these wrestlers I just like you know I was in the bathtub playing with two rubber LGN wrestling figures like <laughs> I've always been a wrestling fan so like I I he could sometimes get mad because he doesn't watch at all no more and he's just grown up and he's a serious adult in real estate but yeah and he's always like it's my fault that you're into this stuff it's you know uh, da, da, da. but um it, it's, it was because of him, and, I, and, and uh, that that was how I got into it. So I, I, it sounds cliche, but I feel like I've been watching it since I was born because it's, I guess it's always just kind of been on. Yeah, he was always watching it. He was always watching his tapes, had his stuff, and I was just a little kid around. We had a sister in the middle, obviously, but I was just a kid, a uh, kid around. So was your was, was your sister into wrestling at all? Did she uh, catch the bug? I mean, or? She was uh, by default. She was around it all the time, right? Yeah. Like, older brother she had to watch it when she was little and then as her younger brother when i was little then i wanted to watch it i'll tell you she really you know when it got really soap opery like during like the mcmahon helmsley era and like, yeah <laughs> stephanie and then stephanie snap linda and then yeah 
Stephanie and then Shane. <laughs> my sister was really into that era, like 99, 2000, 2001, where it got really dramatic. Like she was a fan. <laughs> um, you know, Austin Rock, DX, uh, McMahon, Helmsley. Like that was... She was actually like a legitimate fan during there. I remember like her watching like SmackDown Raw with me, like wanting to know what happened next with these people. <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, for the most part, she wasn't. Um, but uh, she's been around it the whole time too, right? Like, it just it's it just is what it is. Did you did you hold any connection? As you said, like that you have vivid memories. Ninety six. Do you hold any connection or to like the golden era? Guys like you know the Hogan's, the Machos, the Ultimate Warriors. Okay, I almost feel like I grew up with that anyways, because I had all those tapes, right? Like, no, I'm a I was a regular kid. I was a big hockey fan when I was a kid. Uh, you know, being Canadian from Vancouver, like yep. big hockey, fan, <laughs> hockey cards. I grew up in a cul-de-sac with a bunch of friends who played street hockey and cops. And I was like, I'm a regular kid. Don't be wrong, but like. I, you know, and I loved the Rugrats and I loved my ex- animated X-Men series and all my TV shows, Tailspin. And yeah, as I got older, Family Matters and Boy Meets World is one of my favorite. <laughs> I'm, like a, I'm a regular daddy's kid, but I just always loved wrestling. It just was a part of me. Right. So like even when I was like I said, the like, LGN figures were like Ivan Sheik and Hogan and Savage. It wasn't like, you know, the, the I had the 90s figures, too. But I mean, like, the, like so I grew up on like all those tapes were like primetime wrestlings and wrestling challenges and WrestleMania one to six on VHS and the first ever summer slams. And I watched those over and over again. So like, like, you know, when I was at home and it was raining outside, I was watching wrestling tapes, you know, once Rugrats finished at 430 after school, maybe I'd pop in a wrestling tape like, you know, like just kind of I I had them, you know, like so. Everyone's like, because when I started my page, I, I disclosed my age, right? When I first started the wrestling classic, nobody knew my face, my name, how old I was, because I felt like I had to be very disclosed of who I was so people didn't judge me for what I knew. Because sometimes when someone younger starts posting about stuff that happened before the time, people are like, how do you know you weren't even there? Because I do. You know what I mean? I I I love this stuff. I've done the research. I watched it. I know, you know, like, and nobody could judge me because they didn't know how old I was. Now people know, and it's kind of like, it's it's a different time. I'm, I I think when I started my page, wrestling was in 2014 wasn't as popular as it is right now, or even in the last few years. I think um, I used to say back then, like, you could go anywhere and you could wear a stone cold shirt or a dx shirt or a rock shirt or some og vintage shirt and it was cool but you know if you were like 21 22 years old and you walked into your university or college wearing a john cena shirt you probably get laughed at yeah (laughs) exactly you know like it wasn't cool like yeah like like, i thought like it's so weird that you know anybody can wear any sort of sports jersey and it's okay with football no one's gonna judge you you and then we're in such a weird culture too at that point too where like nerd culture was so popular like you could be wearing a pokemon retro shirt or yep. some marvel superhero thing and nobody would judge you but you could be wearing a 2014 wrestling shirt yeah we'll be like oh you still watch that shit yeah it's like <laughs> you know what like, i mean <laughs> and then I'm like, i think that's so weird right like i never looked at it that way which is kind of like, which is kind of funny it went from like wrestling being cool in the 90s and early 2000s even like the 80s to like that john cena pg and listen man i don't even want to get into that too much i don't hate john cena i just i because I, the person i hate his character but i also know it was the company that needed that character yes a bunch yeah. of bad stuff happened in that company but yeah. that character was never catered to me. It was too nope. cheesy and he won way too much that I will never like it. But that's because it wasn't catered to me. 
I, yes. I think John Cena, the man, is the man. Great worth ethic. You know, I write this stuff in the caption. I'm like, oh, great guy. I'd have a drink with him. I'd hang out with him. Great worth yeah. ethic. Company, I'd hire him. But John Cena sucks. He's not for me. And all people read is John Cena sucks. He's not for me. Come at me in my comments. <laughs> what do you it's mean? You got, I'm like, no, I'm saying like he's probably a great dude. That character sucks. And it continues to suck. And it's the same thing today. It's the same promo. And people just come at me. But I'm like, yo, no, I'm complimenting him, though. And I know it's not him. It was the company needed John Cena to be John Cena yeah. after, like, all the Benoit tragedy happened. And then this happened. And, like, we need a we need a faceless company that's Mr. PG. Like, who's going to grab it and carry it? John Cena was the guy that took that. Like, he took yeah. that role. And he did it very well. It just was never for me. It was for children. The problem now is those children are now like 21, 22, 23 years old fighting because <laughs> that was their Hulk Hogan's Stone Cold. And they think he's like, you know, and they don't even see the propaganda when it's right in front of them. Literally, like the photo section on WWE, we call it like in quotations LA Knight versus the Midge with, with quote, quotation, the greatest wrestler of all time, quotation, John Cena is a special yeah. wrestler. How do you guys not see this propaganda? They're telling you who the greatest of all time is the way they want you to believe it. Like, let's forget about Hogan now. Let's forget John Cena, guys. So every time they yep. bring him back, you think you're seeing something special. It's called marketing. But a lot of y'all don't get that. <laughs> no, it's true. It's very true. But back to what I was saying. Um, yeah, it was the tapes and stuff. And I, I love the 80s stuff. And um, and it's hard to like, like I said, like 96, 97 was like the early stuff I remember. And like the NWO was happening. I still think, and watching it live as a little kid, and I was only like seven years old, and it was crazy to me. But then also going back and watching so much of it, I still think, personal opinion, personal opinion. Mm. Some people might agree with me, some might not. I think 1997 is the greatest year in wrestling. WCW and WF were just popping off. And as far as yeah. I've seen, now, even ECW was popping off. So like, yeah, it's true. It's true. Because like you have the, the Sting Hogan angle, you had the Heart Foundation and DX coming together, Austin on the rise. Like it wasn't full blown attitude era, but the seeds were being planted, and you saw the change happening in WWF. And Sean kind of turned into like the you know the '90s on drug Sean that we all remember. And like Brett turned heel, and Austin was coming up, and Vince was actually becoming a character. And you're like, oh, yeah. '97 and WWF is a little wild, man. They're getting kind of dark. <laughs> here that throwing the eye theme came that new raw stage came and like it was changing and on the flip side you had the nwo you had hogan and savage like i couldn't watch that and not know who these guys were back in the golden era how am i supposed oh, to watch yeah. hogan and savage and not be like i watch hogan and savage because i was allowed to watch hogan and savage and my parents my brother like that's what they knew right like yep yeah but yeah no i love 97 and yeah i have a big appreciation for the golden era and i am sorry i went off track like four times no that's that's totally fine that's uh no I appreciate it. Uh, yeah, you definitely, um, you know, the only reason why I asked because of the, your name, the wrestling classic is obviously after the, uh, the pay-per-view that they had around, I believe it was like 85 or something like that. The wrestling classic. is. Yeah, that, what's your, what's your ethnicity? I'm half black, half white. So I am a, I'm a mix. I'm a mixed breed as they call okay, it. Right so I was eating some, like, I was going to tell you what I was eating. I was eating this thing called a prota. It's like Indian food. I remember I was sitting there. I was eating this. I was watching the wrestling classic on the network that I illegally got in Canada. Yep. And I was like, no, I'm going to make this wrestling page. I want to post some pictures. And I just, I named it after what I was watching. I'm like, oh, that would be a sweet wrestling page name. The wow. Wrestling. <laughs> and everyone's like, oh, you know, why don't you post classic wrestling? Like, isn't this supposed to be a classic wrestling page? I'm like, no, there is a classic wrestling page. It's literally called classic wrestling. This is the wrestling classic. Yeah. And I like, mean, it mean, I like it. It doesn't mean that it has to be old pictures of classic wrestling. Like I just true. 
and also it's gotten to the point if you followed me long enough like i've become the person i am yeah the classic it's not really like the wrestling classic of this page is like oh like people see me and they call me the wrestling classic which is weird to me i mean yeah you know that just is you know like, <laughs> I remember the first time I interviewed a local wrestler and he uh and I mentioned I'm like, you know, it's so weird. Sometimes I bump people and they're like, yo, classic. And I'm like, it's so weird. And he's like, Do you know like how many wrestlers would like that are coming up would die to have a nickname like the classic, but it was just like given to them? I'm like, that's so true. I guess yeah, it's, it's, a, it's an awesome <laughs> name. Like it's it's like I said, it's uh just you know, just like just it just flows well and it has that like, you know, it has that tie to like that that in between period between um you know, uh, WrestleMania and WrestleMania two, which is, you yeah. know, I think that, it wasn't really, you know, seen as a big, huge pay-per-view between the two, but it, it's kind of like that bridge between, you know, what was, what was the come, um, and, you know, it had you know, the main event, uh, I believe it was like Roddy Piper and Hogan, um, which obviously they have their storied rivalry and, you know, junkyard dog. They had and, a few things, but Man. the wrestling classic I think was, was it what's Savage was not WrestleMania one, so it had to be before WrestleMania two, right? Yeah, it was like um nineteen eighty five. It was, it was yeah, like eighty five. Yeah, yeah, November, 19, yeah, November 7th, 85, I believe. Yeah, it yeah, was. Like November yeah, 1985. That means WrestleMania one already happened. I yeah. just remember it being like one of those things that they were testing something for. Yes. Yeah, that's what it I looked like. It, yeah. it was like it was like them to try to test if they could do like pay-per-views in November or something. Cause I know the first WrestleMania was closed circuit. Yep. I don't know if the second WrestleMania is still closed circuit. I wasn't alive back then. I was like pre pay per view. Yeah, me neither. <laughs> like, either like call and get the closed circuit, like pay for it, or you could go to actual like theaters and watch closed circuit programs like wrestling. Yeah. It was a different beast back then, but that was the case. Um, and I think the wrestling classic was something they were testing out to see. If yeah. That was and, uh, you know, um, back to the other question too like Macho Man 97 is my favorite wrestler of all time. I didn't even oh, get to yeah. like, and Savage in the 80s, 80s, but I felt like I did because of all the stuff I had. And then my first memories of Savage is also very colorful Savage in 96 and then NWO Savage, right? So it's like, um, oh, okay. it's very like, uh, and I kind of feel like I remember, but I was too little to like confirm. Like, I feel like I remember watching, like, do you remember that old like uh, WWF Mania with like Savage and Tad, Todd Pettingale? And yes. You can find them on YouTube. I just like remember, like, maybe I had them on one of the tapes. I don't know, but I just feel like I remember. That savage too, but it's probably because of the tapes. But I'm just like, <laughs> I mean, I've always I, he stood out to me the most out of everyone, even over Hogan. Even as a kid, I didn't like Hogan that much. I wasn't even like a warrior guy. I don't think I really cared about the big bodybuilding. Yeah, <laughs> like, like the big, the as as uh, uh as as Big E coined it, the big meaty men slapping meat. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of the. Care about that much? I think I care more about like. Your ability to be a character and over the top. Because, like, yeah, okay, I love Brett and Sean. Brett and Sean are my top five, right? Yep. But even Brett, very pink, very glasses. Sean, straight forward. Village person stripper, like, you know, like, yeah. <laughs> very contrasting. They very. Yeah, but they... then my. <laughs> that captured my imagination the most. That made yeah. Me, like, those two, like, are like, Brett was like a childhood hero of mine. Brett Hart was like, I'm from Canada. That was like the coolest person. Oh. Like Brett symbolized what being cool was. Like, you know, you want to be like Brett. He was like a human that was bigger than life. And then Sean was like, I might like the 96, 97 Sean was like, you know, this guy's cool, but there's something 
risky about him. Like, yeah, yeah, he was. was a... like, and then it was like, like he was like the trouble, like you know. But the two that captured my imagination the most, and the two that were like instant favorites of mine because of their characters and who they were, were Savage and The Undertaker. Like those okay. are my two favorite. Like there was a point I did not watch SmackDown every week because they moved it to Fridays, and I was a teenager and I had plans and this. Yeah. <laughs> and I wasn't setting. I wasn't recording on tapes anymore, and it wasn't like you could come home and watch every single clip that happened on that show on YouTube, yep. and Instagram. Like you, if you missed it, you missed it, and you can get like maybe thirty second clips on WWE.com. Like. I would do my best to just just see that if Undertaker was scheduled to be on the show, I want to see what the Undertaker was doing. Still, as I got older, it's just one of those characters that yeah. like, and, I, and I can't I remember talking to someone like, oh, like what were your favorite Undertaker matches from like the nineties? And I'm like, I could I don't know. Like I just like, <laughs> I don't know if the matches are really even that good to be honest. Now going back, there's some yeah. bangers. There's some bangers <laughs> like the Taker Brett matches from SummerSlam and in England yeah. and Taker and Sean, but at a kid, I didn't care about the matches like that. I cared about yeah. All I cared about the matches for when I was a kid was to see how the story played out and if my favorite would win. Yeah, no, no, that's how that's people, how it should have went. Culture anyway. now is like people care about the matches so much. Yeah, and, and now you have a whole company like AEW that just books matches that people want to see with zero substance, with no yeah. reason. Them ninety percent of the time, ten yeah. percent will be a proper feud or storyline. But most of the time, it's just a match being booked for the case of there being a match. Yeah. See, I'm, I'm, I'm old school in the sense where I, I, I talk about this all the time on pretty much on the Chick Foley show and, and on Raw Down, where I'm a, I'm a storyline guy. I'm a, I'm a character guy. Like, and, and that's what wrestling will always be. You can't, not that AEW's, you know, trying to make it a real sport per se, but like, that's all the wins, win loss record that, that doesn't that's work in wrestling because you watch wrestling to escape into the stories and the characters, not into win loss records. Especially in North America. <laughs> yes, exactly. Like, this place feeds off drama. Okay. Yeah. There's millions of people that watch soap operas in like prime time television, early morning TV. Like people want to know what's happening in entertainment. People want to yep. know who Kendall Jenner is dating every week. People want to know like what yeah. is doing. People, the news is basically heels and baby faces, depending what side you're on. American news, I, w- I always sister, say, why, like, why do you watch it? Like, she's like, do you like, oh, like, she, what are you like? Why do you watch what's like? Why do you also watch Fox? But also, because I mean, I'm like, technically, they're cutting promos on each other. It, uh, <laughs> oh my god, dude, that's you, you're just like, yeah. his, his, we're like on the same wavelength. Because I always say, yeah. as a wrestling fan, when you're watching like any type of news programs. Or any type of shit. Like you watch one of those like housewife shows and all that stuff, like the Real Housewives or whatever. Yeah. Like your your pre your your brain already as a wrestling fan goes into heels faces promos. He's That's right. literally what happens when you watch He's anything. Just battle like you especially know, politics. Same thing. Heels faces promos. Like, like Don Lemon's on CNN crying like a baby face, and you know uh, <laughs> Sean Hannity's on Fox cutting a scathing promo on the yeah. Government. It's like a big corporate deal. It's wrestling. It's, <laughs> it's literally everything's wrestling. It's, you it's, know what? Everybody came out of the woodwork when UFC popped off. And like, oh, you still watch wrestling? I watch UFC. I'm like, how do they build up every single one of their matches? These yeah. guys hugging and kissing each other and shaking hands every time they beat the crap out of each other after a fight, and they just yeah. make bucket loads of money. 
but they build you up with this fake rivalry for weeks and weeks and weeks. Yeah, it's the same thing. Well, they're cutting wrestling <laughs> promos on each other and they hate each other, but then you know they fight each other, someone wins, and they're hugging each other and be like, I respect you, man. It's wrestling. Yeah. It's it's literally 101 wrestling 101 and implemented the drama fact of it to build his fights to build draws and to get people to buy his pay-per-views come to his shows but it's just real you know what i mean exactly he took the part of wrestling that really works in north america and made it work for real fighting and we went backwards and we're like hey who cares about the drama part? Give us the fake fighting. And it's so yeah. weird to me. It is. And I, love, listen, and I love a good wrestling match as, next, as much as the next person. Like, I love a good wrestling match. I, I think today's wrestlers are way more athletic than, you know, previous generations of wrestlers. Previous generations of wrestlers, let me tell you, you know, these guys today, they do stuff we would never even have to do. And then I forget who I was talking to, but someone's like, I don't believe in the term ring psychology. It doesn't exist. It does exist. It's just that like you oh, yeah. guys about it no more you'd rather do flips and kicks and get the crowds to pop than i think randy orton said it best like the wrestlers today randy didn't say exactly like this but what randy orton said is you should control the fans the fans shouldn't control you that was pretty much randy yes yep. but my point to that is like i think wrestlers take like they let the fans control them because they want them to stay high it's okay to yeah. bring them and then take them back up and then yeah. bring them down and take them back up nowadays wrestlers want to be like up 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 down up down down yeah. <laughs> like yeah. there's no like up and down i think the best route and i think like uh obviously one of the most popular things in wrestling today is the bloodline the wwe right like that's yep. like, everybody tunes in like sometimes smackdown sucks from top to bottom but the best segments of bloodline segment like that's all yeah we've dedicated an hour of that show to bloodline on more than one occasion and yeah stay tuned in the entire hour Roman's matches aren't that great. No. I'm like, you know what I wait for in the Roman matches? I was like the last like five minutes of it because that's, yes, what you know that's when you know it's going to get crazy. Yeah. <laughs> that's what you know what you're there for. It was the last five minutes of everything. <laughs> and there's a false finishes thing getting broken. So I'm like, the first bit's going to be headlocks and, you know, chin, chin locks and yeah. trash talking and walking around. Yeah, walking. <laughs> but like, Nobody's gonna complain about it at the end of the day. No, because he because that last five minutes worth the wait, and yeah, they understand that they have you. Yeah. You can go make a sandwich come back and for those last five ten minutes, and you yeah think it's the greatest match ever. Yep, yeah, that's smart, you know. Yeah, because sometimes I watch AEW. I end up trashing AEW podcast. I love AEW guys. I'm just humble. <laughs> I love it. There's just some things I wish they did a little bit better, and I think they were on track with it on Collision. For the first few weeks there, what's like not everything like needs to be bang, 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 bang all the time. Yep. Sometimes I have to watch Dynamite twice to even know what happened in that show. I yeah. have to watch like two times to really even know what happened in that match. So I'm like, well, that match was a bang. I'm like, dude, they went to a commercial break. I got totally taken out of it. They came back and I <laughs> you know, it just I just think it's just it's just a case of the modern day fans. I don't think because I think me and you. A little bit of the older heads now be like, oh, I don't know, it's moving too fast. And these guys are just wrestling and flipping. And I understand that because I think that's true. I'm not going to lie about that. I probably am that older fan that thinks I have no idea what's going on. It's I can go on like 1990s wrestling or 80s wrestling, early 2000s wrestling, 2006, 7. And I would sit there and be like, wow, this is like so easy to digest. Yeah. Today, and it's everything. It, I'll tell you, since it sounds, so I don't mean to cut you off, but since it just sounds like I'm shitting on AW. I hate how WWE feels so overly produced. Like yeah. it feels so I hear that a lot. 
it feels so perfect. Like everything happens exactly how it's supposed to happen. There's that lack of like excitement that anything can happen on a WWE show. Yeah. It's, you know, everything that's happening is like exactly how they want to happen. The stage is set exactly how they want it to be yep. lit up. Like it's this big production. Like the, it, you turn into like a raw that's on my TV right now. And it's like, you know, they're putting on a show for you and it doesn't yep. feel authentic and punful. Yeah. It doesn't feel raw. It feels very cooked, yep. <laughs> like well done, yep. perfectly grilled. You yep. know, produced. Yeah, yeah. Where I will give AW this. I tune in every week, and I look forward to it every week because I'm like, anything could happen on the show. Yeah, you don't know what the hell's gonna happen on that yeah. show sometimes. <laughs> like anything could happen. They so, can give us a card, and something crazy could happen. It's the uh, it's a Vince Russo uh, crash crash yeah. TV, as he used to call it back in the day, but um. I want to bring it back to a little bit when you when you're speaking about uh you know the social media part of it when you you know you chose Instagram over like Twitter and Facebook and stuff because we have like an inside joke on the Chick Foley show where I run the Twitter page um and Sheena runs their the Chick Foley obviously the Chick Foley Instagram page but she doesn't want to deal with the <laughs> with the uh the toxicity of the of the twitter world of the twitterverse as they say so you know she gave me those reins to do it but myself i don't even get involved in any of the um like the tribalism stuff and you know people going back and forth because it's and it's not you can you can you can you can have a social media presence on twitter if you you know do it right um and not you know not engage i feel like you have to pick a side to really pop off on twitter though like you, yeah. can, you can tweet and you can be a part of it, but if you really want to like get popular and get followers, you got to pick a side. Yeah, you got to like go full heel or full baby. Yeah, face you got to pick a side. Yeah. There's no the tweeners ain't but popping I, off that thing. Uh, I can't do that. Like, or I, you have to be a legit, legitimate news source for that. Yeah, I can't do that without uh, Sheena's. Or you uh, can be really, account. really funny. <laughs> Those public enemy guys are funny. But yeah. oh no, public enemy's great, dude. Like, like yeah. there's some really good. Uh, because you know they're commercial, but they're funny. So you can be funny and get over on Twitter. Too. Yeah. <laughs> I just don't want to, you know, you know, Sheena has like, you know, the Chick Foley page is more. Obviously, she has her, you know, she gets into, you know, she, you know, CM Punk. She's not a fan of CM Punk. Or yeah. back in the day with Samoa Joe, which kayfabe, she does actually like Samoa Joe. But she had this whole gimmick where she hated Samoa Joe. But it was like, and she used to, if you read those comments where she would like shit on Samoa Joe, like he has an army of, uh, of fans that you do not want to want to deal with that. I don't like John Cena, the character. It's the truth guys. There's no gimmick. So, and I get it all the time. So I completely relate. And I have so, I've had so many running gimmicks. The whole, I'm in love with Carmella gimmick. I ran with that's it. I was going to say whole, that. Aubrey Bella thing. And being the biggest Sasha Banks fan. Like I ran with so many things that aren't as real as people think they are, but it's just like, and they're in on it. Like, well, Sasha, not so much, but like Carmella has been in on it since day one. Like yeah. you know, she knows what I'm doing. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, when I met Graves, and he's like, I feel like I have heard of you before. And I was like, crap. And then he yeah, followed, cool. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, there are some people that think it's too far. They don't get that it's a joke. They think it's. Real. I'm like, no, dude. It's like, it's cool. Like we're cool. Everyone's cool. It's just <laughs> it's to entertain. I caught Sasha Banks, Salsa Banks, for like four or five years. I think that pissed her off. But like, damn, there's just gimmicks, right? Everyone, you know, we got to run with stuff the oh yeah i've been doing that forever how i came on this show the another day the another elbows i used to say good night misfits and call people misfits i've had thirty thousand gimmicks on this page that right. wow 
I remember all those too. Yeah, oh, geez. It's, it's, you know, <laughs> that's also like a maturity thing too. When I started the page, I was 22 and I was a little dumb and stupid. And like my attitude era, you know, like post some stuff I probably shouldn't have posted, said some stuff I probably shouldn't have said. Yeah. Uh, when I was like 22, 23 years old, I'm now like almost 10 years later. It's almost been 10 years since I ran this page. It started in 2014. You know, I've, I've grown up. I, yeah. I've, I've matured. I look at the kids that say stupid stuff or have funny opinions. And I'm like, man, I remember when I was, I, one, I said those things and one where I was comfortable enough to post these things on social media when there wasn't a plethora of wrestlers and people in the industry following. Yeah. Well, (laughs) let's, let's get, let's get into that. Cause like, you know, you have the, you know, the conversations with the classic and all that stuff. And how did you get into like, like, how did you get to in with like talking to all these different individuals and stuff like that? Cause he has some, uh, I mean, if you obviously, if you're listening out there and you follow his page, you see in his interviews, he's interviewed the top of the top and you know, everyone, literally everybody I get, I can think of like the top. I, like, you... I want to interview more people. I've been trying to get more interviews with WWE, but I mean, this year alone, Trish Stratus, Stone yeah. Cold, Stone Cold. Like how do you, how, how does that happen? Like, um, I give the secrets. What are you doing? No, I'm joking. Okay, I mean, okay. <laughs> I, I'm like, I already like spent 56 minutes just crapping, <laughs> which I love and adore. And I want both companies to succeed. It comes from a good place. I, you know, if anyone takes this out of context, listen to this part. The context is I love WWE and I love AEW and I want them both to succeed, but I like certain things. That being said, um, I never wanted to do interviews. I never thought I was going to be an interview. I never thought I was going to do a podcast. I never had no intention. I started this page because I wanted to connect with wrestling fans. I yeah. wanted to create that like base on Instagram where people could just enjoy wrestling and be positive about it. I think one of the biggest things that has also been a detriment to me because I don't get the same opportunities because I'm not like a news source, a breaking yeah. news source, dirt sheet. I don't get the opportunities they get because they come off as like, these credible publications and whatnot. And I don't. Yeah. But on the flip side, I also get a lot of opportunities because I'm not. And because a lot of these people in the industry will be like, you know what? And it's usually the talent more so. And honestly, now people even backstage and like social media teams of the companies are like, no, we like your stuff because you're authentic. You're very positive. And you're not really ever shitting on everything. Because they're like, and I always say, like, I used to tell people when I was actually doing my TWC show on a weekly basis. And I did that from like 2019 till this past January. And I mean, to bring it back, it just a lot has happened this year. But, um, you know, I was like, if you ever really want to hear me talk crap about anything, listen to the show because you're not going to get it on the page. Yeah. You know, it's just, it's not. <laughs> Unless it's about John Cena or like just simple things like, I didn't enjoy this. I did enjoy that. Yeah. There's a point too where like I didn't even really care. I like it's, it's kind of like that right now too. To be honest, I don't like really care what happens. Like I like the outcomes don't affect me much. Like I remember when I'll tell you exactly a period. I remember for sure because someone asked me about it on this show. Like yo, like how do you feel about like the Goldberg beating the Fiend? And I was like, oh, I thought it was like not. I like personally, I was like, if I was, ba- I think it was dumb. But I'm like, I don't like. I don't. It doesn't affect me. Yeah, I'm intrigued to see how everybody else is reacting. Because when you get to a point where you like are a place to where people get to react, 
I look like not like I kind of probably know how Vince feels. Like he doesn't care what happens. He just likes to see how everyone's gonna react to what he does. Yeah, exactly. Yep. <laughs> you know, I'm like, yep. I just want to see what I just like to see what how people react to what happens. Like, I wonder if they're gonna go crazy. I wonder if they're gonna lose this stuff. Are we gonna trend tonight? Like, you know, like that's what <laughs> I don't even care. Like, oh, Goldberg beat the fiend. Yeah, that sucks. Bad idea in my mind. But yeah, or let's see what they're saying on Twitter because this is crazy. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, let's see what and happens. Think, um, so I think uh, it just because I was a positive platform uh, and I, and I've heard this from wrestlers plenty of times, especially at the beginning. Cause there's been a weird, like there is a, I wasted so much time talking about wrestling, but like there is a weird trajectory of what happened on my page. Like initially it was just pictures and then just 15 second videos. And I put some here and there and then minute videos and you could do slides for 10 minutes. And yeah. I would always post like full matches and promos and a lot of wrestlers I met over the years. Like, no, we love watching this stuff when we're on the road. Like when we're on the yeah. road, we come to your page i've had people that produce shows for the wwe network like yo and will it come up with wwe list or like top 20 like we remember things from looking at your page look oh yeah you guys remember uh, this oh, yeah, yeah. i've had social media team certain people blatantly but indirectly tell me like no like you're the man we've taken ideas from your page and they're like on wwe's page <laughs> they're like you know what i mean like you gotta yeah. remember when i was posting videos and stuff wwe wasn't yeah, that's right. It shows with like gold graphic filters on them or something. Like it was weird. Yeah. You know, you know, then those weekly best selfies of the week so they could post all the women's best. Selfies. Like I introduced like oh, every day you're getting women's wrestlers on the page. Like, yeah, that's right. Wow. I'm the badges of the Bella army and I'm posting the Bellas all the time. Like it was like, wow. You know, like it, there's a lot of things I did. So I think I, people just, uh, the positivity, respect of the grind, their creativity. And, um, and then it became the situation of me having to continuously grow. I just felt like yeah. if you keep doing the same thing, then it's going to get boring. You know, I, yes. yeah. uh, I, I tried selling merch. I did a few interviews early on with like the Singh brothers and some local wrestlers and had MJF on two times before he popped off and um, just, you know, interviewed Rikishi and Sean Mooney did live streams. And then I would always kind of start and stop. It wasn't like anything I could consistently do. It was hard to, it's hard to get interviews. It's hard to get people to come on your yes, show. Yes, it is. <laughs> yeah. To get, want people to come on your show. So yeah. it's, I think it's a matter of relationship building. And um, I remember, and I'm going to give a couple of people a shout out. So what happened was I started when the pandemic happened and I was stuck at home and I couldn't go back to California back and forth. And I was like, what am I going to do at home? I'm like, you know, I made all these cool relationships with people over the years. Why not just like interview them? But I wasn't thinking of big names. I was getting people I was cool with other people in the community that I was friends, like, you know, Chris Van Vliet and Alicia Atude and Frank the Clown. And, you know, they're not they're great people, but they're not like the major names that, you know, might a lot of people listening might actually know they're probably like, well, look at them. Oh, yeah, right. So, like, I was getting these guys on the show and it was cool. And, and, um, it kind of got me in the groove and whatnot. And then, uh, the whole story that, uh, I lost my page happened for five and a half months. The page got yeah. shut down. And then I started a whole new page about 40K. And then I got the old page back. But, you know, a lot of people like the pandemic and losing the page, like, was that like one of the hardest times of your life? I'm like, no, I think. I'm a big, there's beauty in the bullshit and there's a silver lining type of guy. Like, it doesn't matter how bad something is. At a certain point, you can look back and, like, find something why it benefited you. And I think the pandemic and losing my page benefited me in many ways. One, the pandemic benefited me. Something huge just happened on Raw. Uh, one, the pandemic benefited me 
because um, I started doing the interviews and I was stuck at home and I had to get creative, like what I was going to do. Cause my whole plan at that point was I was going to move to California and do stuff with dash radio. I was on network and do some stuff, but I didn't really have a direction of what I wanted to do. Yeah. And I didn't really know what, when people would ask me like, what are you like, you're an Instagram page. Like you're a fan page. Like you're not a dirt sheet. You're not tech. I, I was a writer. <laughs> I had the wrestling.com wrestlingclassic.com for a bit and I wrote articles and predictions, but I wasn't like uh you know, I wouldn't say I was like a write, writing for any major publication now, yeah. like 37 p.m., which is Gary V's website, would do wrestling articles, which is like right now I can credibly say I'm a writer for a website that's owned by someone that's credible, right? Like yep. um and then I became a host because the podcast was out in 2019, but I kept it going through the pandemic. So now I'm a host. Now I guess I'm an interviewer full time because I started interviewing people and um I was fortunate enough that because of my years of being this popular Instagram page, I had content that people wanted to see and I was promoting people's stuff and helping them out. Like Seamus and me built a relationship because he's like, dude, every time I put out a Celtic warrior workout, you always posted about it. And I appreciate it. Wow. So when he came to Vancouver, I was like, yo, do you mind if we do an interview? And I didn't, this was 2017. So way before 2020 and I got to do it with him and I was nervous. It was my first impression when you can see me watch me. I didn't know what to do with my hands the whole time. And I'm all weird. Like I had this <laughs> studio, my friend's studio, we're going to sit in chairs, but he got stuck in the tarmac at the airport. So it took even longer. Like it was a whole situation. Right. So, um, but these opportunities came because I was like, no, you're always so positive. You promote our stuff. You always have our back. You look out for the rest. You're not like sitting there trashing the business saying, don't yep. watch F this, F that, F A W, F W. You're like, no, like watch everything, have your opinions, but like yep. appreciate and enjoy wrestling. Because I had a bunch of people already following me. So when I got my page back after the five and a half months and they deleted my other page because that's, a, I don't even know. Uh, <laughs> two things happened. One, People realized I was gone and I came back. So there's this, oh my God, you're back. Yep. To kind of get my page back, I created like this relationship that I thought I didn't have that was non-existent that I found out I did with both companies, WWE and AW. Like they knew who I was. Yeah. Yeah. Who I was. And I just never like had the belief that I could just reach out to them and try to do something, even though I've done stuff with them in the past. Like I got yeah. a couple kids that went through you know some you know uh steven's wrestling journey you guys can all follow him he's had like three brain surgeries he's like a 10 year old 12 year old kid now um and his little brother's are autism and i remember he made a video and he posted it and the people at sports and here where they are on the wwe shows reached out to me i was like do you know anybody at wwe that like could get these kids to meet roman reigns i'm like aren't you guys Sportsnet and doesn't all the wrestling yeah shows? <laughs> <laughs> so, a couple of people that i knew and like i knew one of the main social media guys for years i just always this is a lesson for anyone. I always assumed he didn't like me or like he was just kind of like, oh, that guy. Because every time I met him, he'd oh, that guy from the internet. Oh, the wrestling guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He was going to brush me off. I thought he just actually was realistically in real life busy. And I always took it up. So he brushes me off. He doesn't even want to talk to me. He just thinks I'm like, yeah, you know I, mean? I, I got on my own head. But when I reached out to him about these kids, well, you know, he helped me out. And he's like, hey, well, you do all the due diligence. If like, you know, because you have to like, just make sure they're telling the truth. They're not like trying to get back into me, Roman. Yeah. And, it could happen and i did and at the end of 2019 i got these two kids to go meet roman reigns in toronto right before christmas WWE made a whole video for it that they put on the youtube channel so like i had that so like i had that little bit of like we did do something together so i reached out to him and i was like hey like i lost my page so he's like no dude we know what your page is we know you're positive all the stuff like i'll help you this one time to get it back i'm just like, like everyone's gonna say that because they want to continuously help me get my page back but he's like we'll help you this one time and uh and then they did and then the aw same thing i'm that was a little bit more of a different situation because they told me help us promote post our videos this and that 
and then those videos got flagged and they're like hey, just don't post videos anymore tnt's like taking them down that's not us but uh. a little bit of a risk right so um they they were like so they kind of felt more entitled that they had to help me anyways mm-hmm. <laughs> and then, uh, but then that strengthened our relationship because then they got to come to know me a little bit more and then i got the page back and i had to obviously adapt i could no longer post videos i couldn't post like old cool clips that i used to post like it's, yep. it's, a, risk. it's a risk for me i know there's lots of pages out there that do yep but i i, I always joke around i you know i thought like oh it was good to be popular and be under their radar but there was like a, a reason why it wasn't good either because i was too much under their radar that like i had too much power to will people's opinions ways. yes like, yeah or like take clicks from, or they, you know, uh, anyone could get the wrong idea and think I was monetizing off their content, which I wasn't. Yeah. And I remember I said that to the social media guy uh, that helped me too. I'm like, you know, firsthand, because I'm like, anyone that's like back there that doesn't do social media might think I'm monetizing that stuff. But I'm like, you know, you can't make money off Instagram like that. It's not YouTube. I'm not getting, yeah, you know, exactly, a dollar for every hundred views or something like that's not how this works. And he's like, no, I know. He's like, okay, so like, he's like, just don't do it because if they see you post videos then they feel like they have a reason to take you down. If you're mm-hmm. posting pictures or whatever, they don't have any reason to believe that you're making money off of that, right? Because I think that's what the confusion was. Because it wasn't the social media team that took my page. I actually know who took my, one of the people that made claims on my page from WWE. He's no longer there, but I don't think he liked me. But I've talked to him plenty of times in the past. <laughs> uh, anyways, that's that's a little uh, inside cut. But uh, when I got the page back, I had to I had to switch things up, and I had to figure out like what to do. And honestly, to be honest with you, for a minute there, my heart wasn't it. I was like, I kind of felt what it was like not to be the wrestling classic for a minute. I tried working with other people to grow their wrestling social medias and work yep. with them as a team because for a minute there, like until this day, technically, kind of I do everything myself. No one else is running the page. Like, there's no raw post. Yeah. The last yep. two hours raw because I'm on here. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah it's 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 nobody else it's me by myself like i do now kind of do the stuff with false finish guys follow that page that's yeah i do follow that news. that's like the Great news that's actually that's actually mainly danny like all the graphics that are news related or quotes and stuff that's danny because he wants to kind of like be a reliable news source um and yep. that's the reason that we both use that page is it's actually our old podcast page from our podcast from 2019 so i'm like if oh, you nice. want the following that we grew together then we might as well do this together and I can help you out at the same time because we can collaborate and stuff. Because some news I do, I don't mind sharing. If it's actual news, like CM Punk got fired, like that's actual yeah. confirmed viable news, then yeah, sure. Like I'll collaborate on that. If it's just like someone said something I don't disagree with or I think it's going to piss someone off, then I'm not going to collaborate on that. But um, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, so then I, I had, it took me like about, I got, I think I got my page back in November and it was around January. I was like, man, like, do I want to do interviews still? Like I wasn't really. They were fun and like lockdown, lockdown. But I'm like, yeah, I don't know, like it started becoming more of a task. And I, I like, I don't know. I just kind of, I, I would never intend to do, and I kind of fell out of it. And then I met these two kids, uh, Daniel and Vikram, which who are now both like Vikram's already on the independent scene wrestling now. He's like 20 years old, and Daniel is uh, just starting to wrestle now and having his first match soon. But uh, at the time, they were just two kids. They were upset my page got taken down. They did a lot to try to help me get it back. Um, wow. they had me on their podcast right before the page got taken down. And I remember I was talking to them because they were getting like TJ Wilson and like Jimmy Jones, these crazy guests. And I'm like, 
like how like you who are you kids right like, <laughs> and i'm like i'm like you guys have the benefit of like like i wish i was doing that when i was 21 years old too like i started doing it when i was like 30 right like you know that's the benefit <laughs> of young kids. so like people are like you know the, there was that benefit of them being young kids and them being like oh i hope these kids out and do their show right um so i was like man and they kind of were like no you just gotta and i already knew this because i've done it for so many other things like i've done it for like uh, connecting with wrestlers, trying to get them, you know, just making building those relationships. And like, like we just signed their DMs and just actually, actually asked them. And I never really actually asked anyone. I'm like, I know all these people and they all follow me, but I never really like just like hey, I do. What are <laughs> like, I never really did that. Like, yeah, I had this weird, like not ask for favors type of thing unless it's really important kind of attitude, which is yeah weird, right? Unless yep. or I really felt like I had that relationship with them. And the WWE supposed I had that relationship with is still kind of tough. I do remember asking gender again. It's like Oh, I gotta get permission this time. Like they get stressed when we do a bigger pages. And I'm like, well, now it's a problem because I'm a bigger page. So it's okay yeah. if someone smaller reaches out to you and you do it. But if I ask you, like, I'm just now now I'm so under the radar that I'm uh, not, I was never taken seriously as a publication, but now I am. Like I'm so confused. Um, <laughs> and uh, Renee left. Renee Paquette left uh, WWE. Like she was yep. just. She left, and I was like, "Oh, I've I've been cool with Renee forever. She used to be on Sportsnet, been watching her forever. She's followed my page for years. We've had good rapport. Met her in person. She was super cool. Um, it'd be cool to have her on this show. I didn't have a show at that point. I just brought it back then. So I was like, if I ask Renee, she's and I, I, she'll never understand that. I think I've said to her a few times, even posted about it. And I think she's always kind of likes or whatever. But I hope she understands. Like, if she said no, I probably wouldn't have continued doing it. Like, really? She Why said. That? I just, I just, I want, I just never wanted to, like, mm. and I think there's, how, how, if you don't mind me asking, how old are you? I am 40. Okay. I don't, yeah. I, I feel like there's this thing where, like, when you're in your early and mid-20s, because I've seen it happen with a lot of creators, a lot of creators, actually, that, like, I grew up watching and stuff myself, where at first when you're in your early 20s, your early 20s and mid-20s, like, you kind of yeah. want to be in front of the camera, you want to be that guy. Yeah. You want to grow, you want to be that influencer. And it even happens with popular creators. Like popular creators, like even like Logan Paul and like big YouTubers of it. Yeah. At some point, you go from wanting to be in front of the camera and then you like turn like 27, 28. And then you're like, I want to produce the stuff and be behind it. Like, yeah. Kind of like out of the scene. And like, and that's why I was kind of, ah, I'm like, I don't really, I'm interviews. Like, I'm going to have to put myself out there all the time. And yeah. I didn't think I, I, I still don't think I'm that great at it. But every time yeah. I do it, I'm like, no, you're good, man. Like, I'm gonna talk a lot, and like, like you're good at, it. <laughs> good at it. Like, and it I remember, helps. I remember when I was younger, my friends like you should be like a broadcast journalist and stuff. And I actually thought about it, but like, in a, I, if you go on my page, on my personal page, Justin Dome, there's a whole post after. It's been one year since I interviewed Daniel Bryan on stage last year uh, here in Vancouver, in front of 300 people. It's a, it's a year to date, September 11th uh, last year. I did that, and um, it blows my mind because I'm like, there was a part of me. That weirdly, when I was a kid, grew up watching like Jimmy Fallon and Jay Leno and David Letterman, and like I loved those shows. And I'm like, man, I'd love to just do something like this one day, you yeah. know. And then, but never really like want like pursued it. But it's I'm telling you, bro, it's so weird. Like I took a journalism class. I'm like, oh, I'd love to be a writer. I'm really good at writing. Never pursued it to become a writer, but now I write articles for wrestling. There was a point in my life where I was like, man, I'd actually love being like a Jay Leno, Jimmy Fallon, like the talk show, and like yeah. Just talk We'll have fun, maybe play games with them and stuff. I haven't done exactly what I wanted to do, but I do interviews and I talk to really cool people and I get to interview them. But that was never my plan. <laughs> like, yeah. Almost like I manifested stuff and like just kind of thought that I wanted to do when I was young. 
and I was in school and the first year of college, I took general studies because I didn't know what I wanted to do. And I took creative writing and journalism. And I was like, oh, maybe I can see something of wrestling with this stuff. Had no idea how to do it. Then I went into marketing. I was like, oh, well, maybe I can do something with wrestling with this stuff. Mm. I didn't know how I was going to do it. And then somehow when I wanted to make a wrestling page and my ex-girlfriend didn't want me to have Instagram because she thought I talked to too many girls, so I deactivated my personal Instagram account <laughs> and I made a secret wrestling page. Oh, boy. I blocked out my friends and family. I somehow <laughs> found a way to do something with wrestling. I found it a way to write. I found it a way to do interviews and be somewhat of a broadcaster all by chance and just yeah. me thinking of it as an idea once upon a time. And I think that's insane. And I think the biggest thing people need to be able to actually do these things is one, you need to believe in yourself a lot. Yep. You need to have a hell of a lot of patience. Yeah. You need to be okay with rejection. Yep. And you also <laughs> you gotta roll with the punches because one minute you'll be loaded and have lots of money and the cash is rolling in. Next minute you're goddamn broke up and down and up and down. Yep. Up and and get taken away from you and you got to be ready for that and then you will be yeah. able to do what you want to do and i know people's life circumstances family circumstances financial circumstances um they're just the, your circumstances in general may stop you from these things and that i completely understand but man if you can just try i mean for the first from 2014 to 2018 i was working at the bank the entire time while doing the wrestling classic and growing this from 2019 to 2020, I was low-key, you know, worked a couple of, I almost got into real estate. I was working on that for half the year. Then my buddy was going to buy a business and I took over all that. And even till this day, I have clients still that I help them with their social media on the side so I can still pursue this. So I'm making money here. Plus, I'm also making money by being a social media manager and coordinator for a couple of different companies. That's a side people don't see. You yeah. still got to grind, but just don't quit if you can. Like if you cannot not quit, like, if you have the opportunity to continue to keep going, just keep going. Because every time I was about to stop doing something, something crazy would happen. I'm like, oh, uh, F this wrestling classic stuff. The Rock follows me. Oh, F this wrestling class stuff. The Weekend's following me. F this wrestling class stuff. Oh, do you want to interview Stone Cold Steve Austin? F this wrestling classic stuff. Do you want to do this? Something <laughs> happens that brings me back in. Yeah. And the relationships I built and the things I've got to do and the friendships I've been able to make with people I never would ever have met if I never made this page from all around the world, is it's priceless. I can't put a price on the experiences in the life I've got to lead in the last nine years because of this. Yeah. The fact that some kid followed me from the very beginning liked my stuff used to comment on my stuff all the time one day comment on my page that one day you're going to be posting me on your page i'm going to be a wwe superstar i drove home and told my dad i wanted to be a wrestler i left my i left my scholarship for football scholarship went home told my dad i want to be a wrestler and now i'm doing it and the fact that this man ended up becoming mjf and he's given me a shout on tv and i still talk to his dad That's like right. all the time because of this page is wild. That's insane. The yeah. fact that I have personal relationships with the entire Hart family, including Brett, is wild. Because that was my childhood here. I went to go meet Brett Hart when I was six years old with my brother and my sister at like a Dunkin' Donuts or some place. I don't remember. <laughs> I do remember crying because I was a baby, nervous as hell. My mom was only not even getting my eight by ten sign. 
but my brother and my sister got their son. I didn't go my Yvette's son. And then fast forward, I'm 26 years old, and Bret Hart pulls me, coming back from the restroom, pulls me out of the WrestleCon line, says, why are you standing in line? Justin takes me to the front and, like, knows who I am. Thank you for taking my kids out when they came to Vancouver. Thanks for being so nice to everybody in my family. Thanks for being such a big fan. Oh, um, can you sign this jacket? Oh, he's only allowed to sign one thing. The lady's trying to pull the jacket. No, no, he's I want to keep writing on it. Best matchup. I've been to this guy's house. (laughs) You know, know, all because I liked wrestling. The fact that, like, I've had conversations with The Rock the weekend. The fact that I haven't paid for a weekend concert the last three times he's come to Vancouver—that's insane. That's see, and, and and then you and then you like at the beginning of this when I was like, you know, it's kind of kind of crazy talking to you because you know, obviously you don't see yourself as like no, it's like you know, like marquee or like this like pillar of you know the wrestling community. Not even just like on Instagram, just in general. Like, and for me talking to you and you saying that you have all these connections with people—that's that, like nerve-wracking in itself like i'm like why am i why am i why even why are you giving me the <laughs> the time I, of night i, I remember <laughs> i was born in wrestlemania in dallas and wrestlemania in dallas was the biggest trip for me wrestlemania in dallas was the biggest trip for me 2016 because um i just started putting my face out there i just started like owning like i was the wrestling classic my girlfriend found yeah. out about it it was out to the world and then um uh <laughs> we're no longer together but my ex-girlfriend found out about it it was out to the world but um I remember going to WrestleMania in Dallas, seeing people wearing wrestling classic shirts. Yeah. Uh, and people stopped me and asked me if they could take a picture with me. Back then I said no, because I'm like, I don't, I don't take pictures of people. But yeah. I went to WrestleMania 18. And, you know, I remember at the Royal Rumble in Arizona, a kid came crying to me. He's like, yo, like, you know, I don't have many friends that like wrestling. I always feel left out, but I feel like I'm part of something with your page. And he's like in tears with me. And I'm like, this is, it's wild. And I've had some <laughs> crazy interactions over the world that makes, that do, does make it surreal to me. I think, it's weird when you get to a point where you go somewhere and someone's like, yo, can I take a picture with you? I'm like, why? <laughs> like, what are you? Because they have that connection. It ain't going to be worth anything, trust me. But like, to, <laughs> to them, it is, though. That's a difference. Because like, even those two kids, Daniel and Vicar, like, I'll talk yeah. to Daniel. Sometimes, like, oh, dude, I remember being in like grade seven looking at your page. I'm like, grade seven? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like 22 years old. We talk all the time. Like, you were a little kid watching. Like, it's, 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 crazy to think like yeah um, so yeah like the interview stuff when renee said yeah i said yeah and then the ball was to the wall and then i just realized to start taking more risks i'm like why not just ask people i reached out to gary v's team they gave me gary v um and just just it's making those network connections i met someone that knew danielson who ended up being danielson's manager and he gave me the danielson interview then i just like went in there and i started asking the wrestlers directly if they want to come on the show and they would say yes in AEW, they can just say yes and do it i say yes and yeah. go ask and, and I, I don't spill the beans but that's people ask me like how did you start that i'm like i went to the wrestlers and the wrestlers asked on my behalf to the point where i made the relationship so now they just give them to me when i when i they, yeah. they, do, they do their best to give them to me when they can um or if i do ask someone like i make sure to go through the proper channels not to piss anybody off yeah. but i took that risk of just getting them myself first yeah, uh, he's a lot tougher. I'm still working on that beast, um, but it's weird because when they came to Vancouver, they reached out to me. Uh, it'd be nice if they reached out to me all the time. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> uh, but they're cool. That's just that's that's the the brick wall I'm trying to crack through right now. But um, I I still don't think I'm a great interviewer. I don't know if I I enjoy doing them, but I always I'm my own biggest critic. I think they all suck. I hate watching myself back. I hate editing I'm them. The same way. I. Uh, 
I, I, I judge myself. Wait, did I say um too much? Did I say 100% too much? Did I say fair too much? I, you know, like, <laughs> did I talk too much? Was I cutting the wrestler off? I never intend to do that. Sometimes I get excited. In some cases, I get nervous. I, I have this theory, and you can tell me if you relate, right? I have this theory where if it's anyone modern, like if it's Kevin Owens or and Orange Cassidy or Dax and Cash or Malachi, like, I don't really get nervous. Cause I feel like we're on the same age and I probably hang out yeah. with gear. Like it's like, you know, it's too, I can't fanboy or fangirl over anyone like that. But like, if it's any of the OG people that I watch as a kid, like it was stone cold, their breath, those, those nerves. Do yeah. I remember like when I was about to interview Trish earlier this year and I'm like, Oh, you're going to interview Trish. Are you nervous? I'm like, man, I'm like, this is like work to me now. Like I don't get nervous. Like I'm going to do a bada bing, bada boom, bada bang. I'll be done. I'll be good. Whatever. I'm sitting at the place. Trish walks to the door. All the oh, nerves. Because like- <laughs> I was in person too. And I was like, Oh my gosh, she's so, she's so pretty and she's real. She was like from my childhood. Like she was there in very pivotal years of my life. So oh um, my god. So uh then then I feel like uh the nerves kick in when it's people I grew up watching. Yeah. Um, modern people the we're the same. We're people, we're humans. We go out and have dinner or something, you know? Like Man. Yeah, the uh the one that like you know the stone cold like see you do with stone cold that was uh i mean that was pretty surreal and it sounds was it surreal to you 100 percent. that's one of those i didn't i didn't plan that i didn't ask for that i didn't even think that was possible that was one of those situations where i was on like you know and this year was crazy because i haven't been to a wrestlemania or a big wrestling weekend like i've been to a couple of revolutions or you know a smackdown a live show here and there i haven't been to a big wrestling weekend since 2019 at this point Right, so wow. now it's 2023 and it's WrestleMania because 2020 couldn't go anywhere. 2021, I could, but it was a little bit hectic. Yeah. 2022, my bad, I missed WrestleMania weekend. I should have went. This year, I'm like, it's in LA. It's like my second home. I have family down there. My family owns a house down there now. Like, I shouldn't have any issues ever going to California. Yeah, so, like, um, like literally, I'm like my my first cousins and everyone are down there. So like, it's California is like a second home to me. So I was like. I'm like I can't miss WrestleMania in California, so I went down there, and it was such a big reminder of like. Oh, I'm somebody. Because when I'm in Vancouver, like I'm just me, and I love that. And I love that the people here know that I'm just the same old Justin that we went to high school with. Just, you know, all my friends are married, having babies. Like that's that's what I do here. Like I go hang out with them and their wives and their babies and like (laughs) stuff like that. So it's like it's not, you know, then half of them don't even watch wrestling, but they're super happy for me and stuff. But they, you know, they think it's super cool, but like they don't think they really give a shit. (laughs) (laughs) It's nice. Like I like that. There's like you know there's wrestling classic then this pre-wrestling classic justin i got my og friends and like it doesn't matter whether i fail or succeed they're still gonna be my friends you know <laughs> like yeah <laughs> uh, and uh so like that so i forget sometimes and wwe and aw i mean aw is a whole tour in canada and they stopped in calgary they didn't come to vancouver so like this is not like a hot spot where we get a lot of people coming here all the time and yeah go to the, see them often and the closest that they come usually but it's like once a year is seattle so like we'll go there but um so I forget sometimes. I forget like the connection I have and how people know me. So this WrestleMania weekend was a big reminder of that. And like being invited to the WWE hotel and like seeing, you know, Natalia and Seamus guys after so long and Dakota Kai getting so excited to like finally meet me in person. I'm like, oh, like, you know, and I went to this 2K event and I walked in there like all oh, like, oh, like I haven't seen anybody in like three years. Like, think about that. Like, 
I made all these connections with like Peter Rosenberg and Ryan Staden. And I know all these guys, Kaz and, you know, Kathy Kelly. Like I know all these people have not seen them in three years. You know, out of sight, out of mind. <laughs> I kept that. before I went, I'm like, I need to go because out of sight, out of mind. Like everyone knows who I am, but if they don't see me often, they'll forget about me when opportunities come up. Yep. So just being there was like a really big reminder. So I remember the biggest thing that happened that weekend for me personally was, um, okay, I was going to get this Bret Hart interview. Like, that was going to happen this weekend. Like, it was almost like, we we're supposed to do it virtually. And then I remember his son, Dallas, like, aren't you going to be in LA for WrestleMania anyways? I'm like, guys, hey, like, why don't you and my dad just do it in person? And I'm like, oh, even better. We're just doing it in wow. person. So, like, I knew that was going to happen, right? What I didn't know was I went, okay, so I went to California first for Revolution in the Bay Area. And I thought something was going to happen there. I was trying to make some connects, yada, yada, yada. Nothing really happened. I was really hung over the day of revolution. Like, <laughs> other from, I didn't even ask a question. I probably should have, guys. Like, but you live and you learn, right? Like, not ever gonna do that again. So, like, um, just I, I felt like I messed up an opportunity. Um, I was gonna go to LA from uh San Jose, like on a certain date, but I got this random email being like, Hey, like, do you wanna attend this uh one, it was the, some Broken Skull IPA party. Yeah. But if you come attend this, you also get to attend this private 2K party because uh, we're inviting you as like an influence. And, and I, don't, I don't even yep. know. So I worked with Broken Skull IPA in 2019 when I first started my podcast. I reached out to them. I'm like, hey, you guys want these beers in Canada? I would love to try them. Yeah. Uh, if you send me some, I will promote them. I'll drink them on the show. I'll do the beer smash. I'll make you guys a video. Did all that stuff. And it was cool. And yeah, they were cool. They sent me a bunch of beer. I didn't even ask them to pay me. <laughs> so like, cool. <laughs> uh, and then, uh, and then um, when this lady hit me up, I didn't think it was real. So I was like, okay, well, I, I, I'm not. I have like the worst ego because like I barely have one. Like, I, everyone has one, but I'm like not very like I don't. <laughs> I undervalue myself sometimes. Like I don't mm. see what other people see me as. So I'm like, yeah. But in this moment, I was like, you know what? I want this much money. <laughs> I want this much money. I need some of my flight covered because I have to change my flight now because I'm coming down earlier if I come to this. And three, if possible, I want to interview Stone Cold Steve Austin. I don't know where this came from. I don't know where this courage and these balls wow. came from. Yeah. <laughs> I would like to interview Stone Cold Steve. Like, I don't know where it came from. I'm like, if he's going to be there and I'm here... Let me interview Stone Cold, right? Because this was like my, this WrestleMania was like my comeback WrestleMania. Like I was going to make something happen this year. You just um, feeling yourself. That's I all. was feeling myself. And I didn't, <laughs> it was so funny because my one friend would always ask me like, okay, who would be a biggest interview? Like what would be like your cutoff? I'm like, I really want to interview Brett. And they're like, what would be crazier than Brett? Like who do you think you could interview? That would be like, you don't think you'd get it. I'm like Stone Cold. Because Stone Cold's also on my top five, right? Savage yeah. takes Brett, Stone Cold, Shawn Michaels, whatever. Right? So I was like Stone Cold. Because uh, I don't think I could ever get Undertaker and Sean. If I can build a relationship with WWE, I think I'd get Sean. But um, oh, man. Austin, I'm like, I'd get Stone Cold. And um, it's one of those things. I, I, I said it a couple of times, and then I think it just manifested itself to happen because I get this random email from this company. I don't know, inviting me to some event. I made a couple of demands. They said, okay. I'm like, oh, wow. Then, wow. Um, okay there. Man. And then... Um, but the, everything was okay, like the payment and we'll pay a little bit for your flight or whatnot. The Stone Cold thing was like, we'll try to make it happen. But to be fair, we won't know till the day of. Yeah. It, it's, you know, it, it depends on Stone Cold's schedule and his mood and et cetera, et cetera. Mm. Yeah. Watch, right. So I was like, all right. So I go down there earlier than I was supposed to. And uh, 
go there in the morning and it's like a fan thing and they're filming something for that TV show that he ended up doing Stone Cold takes over USA or yeah. takes on America, I think. And um they had a party for Broken Skull and I got to do the interview with Stone Cold and that was like super cool and it was nerve wracking and it was loud and I put my mic on the wrong like I put on the wrong thing <laughs> to change it because I was nervous. I had a friend recording it on, on my iPhone. Like, you guys, like it's it's a very like I don't have a team. I don't have a whole production team putting up lights and everything for me. Like it's a very amateur hour, but trying my best to make things happen, which is what I recommend everyone does do. Uh, I I think the best advice I've ever gotten was from my uh, I don't know if you ever watched the movie Holes. Yes. But also, Cleo Thomas is a big wrestling fan. I mean, him became pretty good friends over the years. Every time I went to California, we'd make sure we'd at least hang out. And I almost thought that wasn't going to happen this time. But then I saw him at the WWE Hotel, too. And I was like, oh, my God, we happened. <laughs> I remember one time I was on a call with him when I was trying to figure out like, what I wanted to do, like what direction I should take. And like, I want to start a show, but I want a studio and I want this. And I want to look like that. And he was like, listen, dude, he's like, just start. Once you start, you'll progressively, oh, the yep. show will get better. The format will get better. You'll have a better place. You'll have a better background. Just, like, start doing it, right? Just start putting it out. You know, like, is like, go watch Joe Rogan's first podcast where him and his buddy are just sitting on the couch with, like, a really oh, yeah. camera. He's like, you just got to start. I take that advice. Just do it. It's, like, the advice. And two things, that advice and the advice I got from the Singh Brothers back in 2016 when I was sitting at the house recording one of my first podcasts was, like, we just show up everywhere. Just show up. <laughs> just be in the same yeah. area. And yeah. I'm like, yo, like, and both those things have been two really beneficial pieces of advice that I've taken with me. Everyone just started, just try to do it. Even if you think you're not ready, just try to do it. I remember when Brett's kids reached out to me in 2015 and said, do you want to do a podcast with my dad? And I said, let me think about it. And then I, because I, I wasn't ready, I didn't even know how to do a podcast. And then they ended up doing it with Nick Hossman. I should have just said, yeah, and like figured yeah. it out. Just, yeah. <laughs> but you live and you learn, right? And then it took me like how many years to finally get an interview with Brett. But, um, like, <laughs> but yeah, so then I go there and I remember I saw Austin. He got hyped over my jersey. Shook hands. Obviously, we're at the brewery. So he went straight from ha ha ha, happy Austin to like serious Austin, right into my eyes, looking right into my oh, beady eyes. Yeah. Like, it's like, God damn, son. He's, He's like, we're going to uh... do this. He's like, we're going to do this, but stay sober. <laughs> I'm like, like, looking dead in my eyes, like, stay sober. I'm like, like he's giving me this opportunity because I, I don't think he's ever heard of me, right? Like, he knew he was giving me this opportunity. He's like, doesn't know who this kid is. I'm gonna give this kid an interview. Don't know. That's why it meant a lot. And I might, yeah. I mean, when he's like, hey, you got a future in this business, kid. You're pretty good at this. And wow. that's we, I've never talked to Austin. I've never met Austin. We went into this of him this being he's doing this event in a good mood all right this kid wants to interview me let's see what he's got that's awesome when we went upstairs to do the interview and like he sat down like ready to go like i had no time to like fix my mic and like he was ready and we had 10 minutes damn and i think the fact that i was able to get him a little emotional talking about brett this night he's like oh this guy got me he ended up talking yeah. about brett for the whole next two events because they went downstairs with the fans he ended the whole thing then in the evening was a 2k event which I didn't even know what this 2K event was. I came back to it and everybody just happened to be there, like all Rosenberg and Kathy Kelly guys and Caleb Braxton and uh, Xavier Woods in the mid. Like everyone was just there. And I'm like, oh, why am I here? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, do I even belong here? What the yeah, hell? Like, but then, it, like I said, it was a reminder that I do belong in these places. And yeah. I have created something. And I, and I had a very, I had a conversation with someone at the hotel at one of the WrestleMania nights. Cause I kept getting invited to the, the WWE hotel to like just hang out after the shows. And 
And once again, I was having that imposter syndrome. Like, what am I doing here? And I talked to this one guy I know who's who I've known for a very long time, but he's really good friends with like Jinder and Rey Mysterio guys and Seamus stuff. He's like, and he was really happy to see me because like we've always known each other. And I think this was the first time we met. And he's like, he's like, yo, he's like, I just want you to like stop acting like you don't belong here. He's like, you belong here. He's like, you know what the crazy thing is? All these people actually know who you are. No one's yeah. looking at no one's looking at you being like, what is he doing? They know. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's like, like, he's like, just, I want you to remember that. He's like, you belong here. Just like, you know, because I, I think I, I said to him, like, oh, I feel so weird being here. He's like, why do you feel weird being here? He's like, dude, like, yeah, like for a reason, dude. You know, he's like, you know, how many of these people, like, you've helped out when, like, they were going through stuff and you're putting over their products or their podcasts or their YouTube channels. You know, they, they leave the company, you're still posting them. I'm like, oh, I guess. I guess I never looked at it that way. I like I like I said, I always look at myself and I don't I don't like the way you introduced me, I'm like, I don't I don't get the hype. <laughs> <laughs> you should I mean like I said, it's 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 one of those things where you know I, I like I in the way in the beginning I followed Sheena, um, yeah. Chick Foley, and then she posted a picture wearing your shirt, the wrestling classic, uh, and she tagged you in it. That's how I was introduced to you through her. And then yeah. I started following you, and that's why I say you two are kind of for me are the like the wrestling the Instagram wrestling pillars because you're the you're the two sources I would go to for my wrestling content. Like it I didn't I didn't see anything else in the you know twenty fourteen as we far did, as wrestling was concerned on Instagram. Like we in the Dave Meltzer thing where like longevity makes you reputable. Yeah, no, exa- <laughs> that's that's exactly what it is. It's I mean it's the longer I mean, you stick around the more reputable you become somehow. Exactly. Even if you're you know shoveling, you know Crap here and there. If you, yeah, if you, <laughs> you don't, don't know, know what it is, you need to personalize. But hey, man, they've been doing this for so long; they must know something. Or something. <laughs> but the, I, it goes back to like I just think if everyone just keeps grinding and if you really enjoy it and you just have patience and know that like not everything is sunshine and rainbows and you're gonna get rejected. And, like, like how many times have I jokingly said like I'm still trying to get WWE in a piece? Like, there's, like there's some hurdles I'm still trying to climb over. Yeah, I mean, it's gonna be hurdles, right? Uh, you just got you got to like it enough to like enjoy it and like want yeah. it. And like not get into like all the politics and fighting with each other and the jealousy stuff. I know there's some people that always try to come after me. You know, I was friends with them, then they try to come after me. I don't know if it's jealousy or like what it is, but they just like fully turn on me. I don't know. <laughs> I'm like, I don't yeah. even know. What it, you. It, it's um, funny because it's funny because when you when you uh you know when you talk about like you know just going to do it, just like you know don't worry about, don't ask the questions because if you get into your own head, you're not gonna you're not gonna go forward and do anything so if like, i was scared to go interview stone cold i wouldn't have done it I yeah just, you yeah yeah because you're in enough and i was like i can knock out 10 minutes if it was trust an hour me. i probably would have been way more scared well, like, i can knock out 10 minutes <laughs> no trust me this this interview like here like like right now yeah. like this dude has spoken to like bailey trish stratus stone cold steve austin bret hart i'm like what am i I'm like, when i first reached out to you i was like and I was like, nah, he's not gonna respond. Like he's he's just gonna be like, uh, who the hell is this dude? But then and then when you responded, oh, like, yeah, yeah, I'll do it. I was like, oh no, what the hell did I get myself into? I actually don't <laughs> and it's not out of it's not out of like I like dislike it's just I like I said, as we chose, I, I have done it, but I'm gonna yeah. get off. I'm like, why did I talk so much? Why did I say this? Why did I say yeah. that? Nobody cares about my story. Um I'm gonna feel that way no matter what, right? But it's just like I don't know. I, I you reached out. You're really professional, and you know you you drop some mutual friends, and I was like, okay. So. Yeah. Well, so here's the thing. Like my idea behind this, like this whole like you know doing the show was to reach yeah. out to people that are like 
you know, that I follow obviously on, on social media and stuff like that. And, you know, you know, I want to get to know them more. Like obviously if you know the term open mic, it's when you, your first time you're on stage and you, you know, you're doing that thing. So like for the most part, it's the first time I'm meeting yeah. these people. Right. But there have been repeat people like the, um, the, the woman I had on last week, queen G she's, you know, the first time I spoke to her, um, what was it earlier this year? Yeah. She was, uh, you know, she's like one of the like forefront people in the uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle community. Like she's like a big collector and stuff like that. I interview her like this past week. Now she has a deal with, you know, like Nickelodeon and Paramount and she's doing right. all these like crazy things and stuff like that. So like, you know, I kind of took credit for, you know, her popularity. No, I'm joking. I didn't do that. Yeah. But, but like, uh, no, she like, just like seeing that stuff, like, like, you know, creating that, that relationship with her. Now I know I can reach out to her and if she's, you know, I can, I can have her on the show again, or if she's at some like convention or she's somewhere, I can reach out and actually go like meet her and stuff like that. So like, I always, I like doing this because it, it creates, you know, relationships first and foremost, because relationships are worth more than money. That's, that's always what I say. Like the relationships you garner will take you for. You'll make money if you have the right relationships. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so like, if like in the amount of people I met doing this, like, you know, even before that, you know, meeting Sheena, you know, becoming a you know regular on her show, and then you know from there, you know, um, ended up on the Turnbuckle Tavern uh, with those guys, and now ended up on their show, and like just meeting all these people and stuff like that, and you know, getting all these different relationships yeah. and stuff like that. Uh, I think it's it's worth it just doing that. Like I'm not getting paid for this. I just love I wanna, the fact I that give, I can reach out to everybody and talk to them. To uh, I want to give a shout out to Emilio Sparks. That's something he told me years ago, really early on. He's like the thing that you did that you don't realize that you did is you created a sense of community uh, yep. in terms of like when it, people come to your page they kind of all feel like they know each other they feel like they know you mm-hmm. we've all been introduced to other people through your page yeah uh, you know sometimes we don't and it's like you know like there was already a sense of community like i said on twitter i feel like and i think i i was really big and hoping i think there's a lot of other people involved a lot of people that don't have pages no more a lot of people i would shout out yeah. on list uh that helped build that community on instagram i think i was one of those people that opened up that community. And I think it's, it, I, I started my show in the pandemic for the same reason. I want to talk to people I knew. I wanted to just like, you know, other people that had followings or were doing stuff and, you know, were trying to grow. And then it turned to a thing where I actually started reaching out to prominent wrestlers and people yeah. that I, uh, <laughs> but I started the same way you started. This was just kind of just to have conversations. So I needed casual conversations because I didn't want to be like, I'm a big fan of Chris Van Vliet, but I think his interviews are very professional and proper. And he's like, yeah, a, that's yeah. Like he is a broadcast. Nothing wrong with that though. You know, he does this for a living and, yeah. and I love Renee Paquette. And the thing I love about Renee Paquette's interviews is that she is very laid back. But the difference between Renee Paquette and me is that 99% of the time you could tell Renee Paquette already has like a genuine real life friendship with the people she's interviewing. Yeah, exactly. So it's, it's like, <laughs> they have like this weird inside joke connection where I was like, I want to bring something where it's like, I'm one of you. I'm not a professional broadcaster. I don't have, for the most part, some of them I do, but for the most part, I don't have real life friendships with these people. I don't know them to that extent. But here I am interviewing them. And, you know, we've seen so much of it now. Like, shout out to so many people. Like, shout out to Muscle Man Malcolm. And and, uh, I'm missing people. There's so many people that are doing interviews now. Uh, The Angle Podcast, and and they're killing it, and they're getting these big names. And I think a lot of people started in the pandemic and they rolled with the punches. and 
you know, some of them are lucky enough to live where there's a lot of conventions and things, so they can go out to these conventions and get. I don't. There's zero conventions in Seattle or Vancouver or Calgary, but <laughs> but uh, you know, they, they to, everyone's doing it, and it's cool to see. And I think I just, I think there's a lot of in all industries and in all professions and all whatever a lot of jealousy when uh, you see people succeed and grow. I love it, man. I, I I think it's cool, man. I've seen some people do some really cool things. I knew when they first yep. started, they were just kids. I mean, MJF. Yeah. You know, that's... This was like 19, 20, 20 years old or something. Like he's 27 now. It's like 21, 22 years old. I know, I know, I've known him since before he took a bump. <laughs> you know I mean? I remember, yeah, I remember you posting. Oh, Mariah May and Stardom right now. Killing it. She's killing wow. it. I knew her since she was literally like 18, 19 years old. And the first conversation we had, she's like, I want to be a professional wrestler. And I was like, yeah, well, you should probably take advantage of the wrestling community because you're pretty and you're actually a wrestling fan. So, like, it just makes money yeah. sense to me. And um, she built her <laughs> following, was one of the first people to rock the wrestling classic t-shirts. Uh, so it was called the OG TWC girl. And then she started training in like 2018, 19. And she's just now she's in stardom. She's winning title belts. She's building her own name. That's in a company that's not WWE. That's not AEW. Like yep. people know who she is. Um, and there's just so many of them. Like I said, Daniel and Vikram are just starting their careers. This Emily J. Girl that I've known forever is now wrestling. Um, and I feel like I've known the uh, young Littlefoot Alexis. She's wrestling now. Uh, there's just so many of these people that I've known. For so long, or I've seen them before the blow up, like the Verlos twins. I knew them before Da Vinci was ever a thing. Okay. Wow! I went to the sing. I went to the Bollywood Boys House, the Singh Brothers House, to record a podcast with them before they even signed a WWE contract. I, Jeez. you know, uh, I, I, you know, I, I was supporting Jinder and still putting Jinder Mahal over before he got signed back and returned after the 2016 draft. It just, it was just being genuinely and supporting people no matter where they are in their career and like seeing where people go and being happy for them. I think there's a lack yeah. of people. It's a competition. And yeah, there's always going to be a little bit of competition. Oh yeah, of course. Maybe a little bit of, oh, I don't want to do this now because this person just did it. Maybe I'll wait. But it's like, yeah, it's also just like be happy for people, support each other and watch your community grow, man. I just think it's cool. Yeah, and also definitely. you're very confident in yourself and you're very confident in your skills and you're very confident in what you can do. You don't really worry about what everybody else is doing, you know? Yeah, I mean, I mean, I, 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 I need to learn when you actually have some level of confidence in yourself, it doesn't matter what anybody else is doing because you want to have your own audience and the people that rock with you, and two, you have your own style. And honestly, Chris Van Vliet's someone that told me that because one time I was like, oh man, like I was going to interview someone, but then he just interviewed him, like, oh, like, I don't know, man, we're going to ask the same stuff. And he's like, why do you care? Like, we have, like, yeah, there's some crossover for sure, but we have different audiences. And I'm like, yeah. And you're not going to ask us. Yeah, you're not necessarily going to ask the same things. Like, I mean, especially like Yuki said, he's more professional and more straightforward and stuff like that. And you're more, you know, kind yeah, of. Yeah, I'm looking at him. Okay, so what are the differences? I'm like, that's his stuff. I'm like, yeah, that's not my stuff. We are different. So it doesn't matter if we do the same interview, you know? Like, yeah. Because, like, most wrestlers want to do all the interviews and, like, one media row run. And, like, you're like, oh, but. Yeah. Do all things, like I said, right? I'm saying all the stuff now, right? I'm saying all this stuff. I'm giving all this advice. I'm saying don't be jealous. Prop people up. Uh, it's not a competition. Hmm. Know that you need this confidence. <laughs> the start. I'm saying all this after doing all these things. Yeah. And feeling all the things everyone else is feeling. Or I'm just like, I've overcome these things, right? But yep. if you're like, oh, shut up, this guy's just talking. I felt probably everything you felt. All the stuff I'm saying don't do. I'm yeah. saying it, done it. 
and it wasn't beneficial to me and just don't if you can avoid it and i I have younger cousins i know i try to give them advice all the time i'm like everyone needs to make their own mistakes and go through their own things and i get that but if you can take a nugget of something from me take it like because i'm telling you from experience of being where you've been and above it and under it and wherever you know like, yeah definitely none of it was easy and it's easier to look back at things and like be like, yeah, don't do this, don't do that. But I like I was jealous at times, I'm sure, and I was annoyed at times. And I was yeah, yeah. and I missed opportunities, and I like you know <laughs> what I mean. Like, so I'm just saying, like, if you and I, I was impatient, but I learned to do all these things because I realized it does matter to me. And I just think, you know, I think the, I think the biggest thing is just you know, believe in yourself and be patient, man. Just start, do the thing, yeah. No, the thing is always people always see the result and not the uh the process. I hate the that. Result. I hate yeah. that. I'm like, you know, everyone talks about The Rock being the biggest star in the world, the highest paid actor, you know, big movie star. I'm like, where was he from 2000, you know, 4 to 2016? He was making bad movies nobody was barely watching yep. and not a name in Hollywood. Then he popped off. But people discredit those years cuz that those don't matter. The the, the Mark, like, yeah. Mark was that nobody knows about. I'm like, so yep. you guys all know about his highs when he was The Rock in WWE, and then when he became this big, highest paid Hollywood star by like yep. 2016. And, you know, and, but you guys don't realize that it took him like six, seven years to get there, and he's The Rock. Yeah, happens overnight. Things take time. Yeah, people look at cut. Yeah, people <laughs> look at like oh, like there's so many like you know some people they they work hard and they're fortunate, and things will happen to them younger in their careers, and some people it takes a little bit longer. Some people take them to the 30s, their 40s, yeah. they get a big moment, 50s, whatever. Sometimes it happens to people when they're 20 and 25. It just it, you can't say, but the one thing you gotta do is just not give up and just keep trying. Yeah, just keep trying, man. I mean, every time I sound, I'm like, at least I try. <laughs> you know? Yeah, you, that's all. That's all you can really do is just you know you gotta put forth the effort and actually go to do it. Because if you don't, then you're never. You're just gonna sit there and be like. Oh, what if I, uh, I should have did that? And then so what if I ate that? I don't want. What that. if I don't want to stop doing something? Because like I said, those many times I'm like, I think it's like I'm gonna go in the real estate direction. No more wrestling class. Or I'm gonna, you know, I'm not making any money from this. I'm gonna move on. This is, you know, it's being told it's a hobby and then getting in my own head. Like, is it really just a hobby? Like, am I just wasting time? Like, it's happened so many times. Yeah, but then I have to be like. I don't really want to do anything else. <laughs> if I stop this, am I going to be like, I was this close to doing something else in this industry, but then I decided to stop right when I was this close to go do something I'm not really going to enjoy and my heart's not in it. You know what I mean? Because I mean, at yeah. least I'm doing something with this my heart's in it. I'm with it. I want to do it. You know, trial and error, fail, ups, downs. Like I'm going to, I want to do something here. So like, but the only thing I can keep doing is trying because I don't ever want to look back and be like, this, we can go like another hour, but I just don't like the whole idea of like, you know, sometimes people in life mm. will say like, oh, this person peaked there, or this was their glory days. Oh, when I was in my teenagers, I had all this and that. Or when I was in my 20s, I'm still there, man. I'm still rolling. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. like, wow. like I love, I love my life as a teenager, but what I'm doing now is better than I love my life in my early twenties. What I'm doing now is better than too. Like, it just keeps getting better, like in my mind, for me personally, and that's what matters. I don't really care. What, I care about what the people I care about think about me sometimes, but I don't really care what other people care think about me. I'm yeah, me. you got to do things for yourself. Happiness, mental health—that's all real. Yeah, uh, 
you know, exactly. like, life's not all butterflies and rainbows. You're going to be depressed and sad and mad and all those things at times. But for the most part, I'm enjoying it. You know, I'm enjoying the ride. Yeah. I'm doing what I want to do and the way I want to do it. And yeah. with punches. Why would you cap? Like, why would you cap your, uh, like whatever your highs are? Like, look at, look at the, to bring it back to wrestling, look at Ric Flair. He's still right. I mean, he's even like bigger than he was as a wrestler. Like he's, you know, mainstream. Batman mainstream. became a mainstream pop culture icon. Yeah. How crazy yeah. is that? In his 60s and 70s. <laughs> like, yeah. How, that's insane. Like that's like, you. there's no, there's no cap on like uh, greatness. If you want to call it that, like there's no cap on like what you're, as long as you're alive, you should be doing what you're doing. Like and you never that's know. how it should be. You never know who you're influencing. You never know whose life you're making an impact on. You never know what you might say to someone that you think you're just, you know, spitting out rubbish and rambling. Yeah. But it actually, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah, no, you never know because it's happened to me. I've been on the other side where someone says something to me and it just stuck to me, and they would just probably think of something to say because they had to. Or like, yeah. I'm just talking away on this podcast, saying a whole bunch of stuff. Maybe (laughs) no, it's it's gonna connect to somebody because, like, there's always those times where I'm like, you you could be just out in the street, you know, or in a store, like waiting in line, and a random person that's happened to me a lot will say something to me, like that. I don't know the person, I have no clue what you know where they came from, what they're going through. They just someone in line, and they're like, you'll be waiting in line. They'll just turn and say like some type of like, you know profound like thing and then they'll you know, pay for the stuff and walk off i'm like and i i always take it in i'm like do i is that was that a message from somewhere is that you know should i take that message and do something with it like that's that's how I, that's how i always take it anyway so it doesn't doesn't matter what if you if you think you're rambling or something's gonna stick to somebody someone's gonna take whatever you say no, and I, resonate you just gotta like in just life generally just try to be a good person. It's you know it's hard to be that every day. I'm the grump. I'm not a morning person. I'm grumpy as hell and tired of coffee. Need some food. <laughs> like, so, like I'm telling you, like just but for the most part, like you guys just try your best to be a good person and like it's just and like to your point, like I could be having a really shitty day and someone can like smile and make a joke somewhere to me, like whether it's like my Starbucks coffee barista or something. Yeah, flip my entire mood over. <laughs> I mean, I'm like you something idiot. Random, yeah. Like, oh, that was actually pretty funny. Or they'll compliment me about something. Or they'll bring something up, and it's like you, you never uh, like. There's so much power that we hold with our words and our actions to even strangers that we don't know. Yeah, and I think that's why. I mean, you just gotta. I had this lady that used to come to the bank all the time. Right, she used to come to the bank all the time. And she she got really sick. She had terminal cancer. And she came straight from the hospital. And I was her teller because I was still a teller then before I got my own office and stuff. And I just happened to get her. Like she I just happened to be the teller to get her. So she comes up to my counter's place. And she just happened to come back from the hospital. She tells me that she got terminal cancer. Like, who am I? Jeez. Uh-huh. I'm like, oh, and we're just talking. And she's like, I don't know. I might go to Mexico to do this treatment. They won't do it here. It costs too much. And I was like, I don't know. Like, I was like, no, I'm wishing the best. And I was like, you know, maybe you should just do it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> honestly, like, uh, like uh, what do you mean by like terminal? Like, you're going to die, die? And she's like, yeah. Like, so oh lady, and then she comes back like a year later and she's here. And she's like, no, thank you for being supportive. Like, you know, you're more supportive, but I'm good. And I'm like, that's crazy. You know what I mean? Like, 
that's that's nuts like i don't know you you don't know me and then there's like people that like you know if you work jobs for anyone that's worked like you know i've worked at home depot over their phone thing i've worked at multiple different banks i've done this stuff with wrestling now and there's people that have come into my life and gone out of my life they were there for like i feel if i always jokingly say like i know that's like a negative thing now to be like oh main character syndrome but like i always jokingly say like <laughs> out of your life like a tv show and like you got like guest appearances through certain seasons and stuff like yeah some people that have come through for some guest appearances that i don't really talk to that much anymore i'm not that close to high school friends that i was like see each other every day hung out every weekend stayed at my house that i'm not that close to anymore but i'm like yeah. i will never ever forget what they meant to me and how they impacted my life and how i'm able to do everything i do now with such crazy odd confidence because all these people accepted me for who i was all these years whether yeah. I liked wrestling too much and nobody else liked it, whether I walked down the hallway and they called Batista to get my attention, whether I <laughs> get drunk with them on the weekend to talk about how the world is our oyster and we can do whatever we want. Like, this is the craziest time in the world because it's like you literally could like become a writer, like a, 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 like a writer that people believe in and you don't even need to get a journalism degree because like vlogs and blogs. <laughs> like, yeah. Know? I was like, you know, like you don't even need a broadcast. You just like start a podcast and like become an interviewer. Like I used to say these things to my friends in Alabama. <laughs> well, I'm like I don't even need a degree, man. I can do whatever I want. Cause, and everyone just put up with my BS, and here I am running with my BS, yes. doing a bunch of crazy stuff. <laughs> That's insane. And I, um, I'm just kind of man. Yeah. The. Uh... I kind of pretty much like answered all the questions that I uh, actually sent to you. But one of the, one of the ones that uh, I'm not sure if you answered it, you probably didn't besides wrestling. What is, what are your other like passions in life besides, you know, the wrestling classic page, you know, false finish, you know, besides the I'm, interviews, the podcasts, all that stuff. What, what else do you, I don't, I don't think I, I, I think if anyone watches my stories or even my, uh, personal page if you follow that like my stories i i'm a, I, I love i love uh i love nature i love being outside i love reading books i read books a lot when i was a kid i read all the lord of the rings books when i was in grade six before the movies came out i still love reading books uh now there's so many different ways to read books i still love reading autobiographies and and people's stories i'll tell you if i was to put everything like what i'm really passionate about generally into like one one word is i think i really just love a good story because i realize like everything that i really like involves there being like a good like i love movies i love tv shows mm -hmm. i'm like if i didn't have the wrestling classic i probably have the music classic because i love all from classic rock to hip-hop rap to punjabi music to bollywood music to classic classical music to like country music to like i have a playlist for everything and pop like i love music and i think a lot of songs tell great stories or you can take any song and you can implement it into your own story the soundtrack yep. of life and sometimes i'll listen to a song and be like oh this would fit perfect in a tv show in this scene or a movie in this scene or i'll listen to a song and be like oh man this would be the greatest song for like a wrestling video package or you know like yeah i love the idea of like telling a story and something that's involving a story and getting sucked into like characters and stories. And I think that's why I love wrestling so much. That's why I love music so much. That's why I love movies and television so much. I love just talking to people and hearing their stories or being involved with people's stories, like going out and hanging out with friends and family and just like 
go go with whatever's happening and being spontaneous to create stories. I think at the end of the day, when it's all said and done and, you know, someone passes away, they could be healthy, they could be unhealthy, they could be fit, they could be unfit, they could have the nicest car or have the shittiest car, they could work here or work there, they could be a millionaire or they could be broke. You'll remember those things about them, sure, but that's mm. not what you really care about. You care about the stories. You care about, oh yep. man, remember the time he did this? I remember the time we were all hanging out and this happened? Or you remember how they impacted your life and the stories? Or like that's what you remember of a person. Yep. You know, like my dad just passed away this year. I remember him as my dad and the what I, my relationship was with him. And watching, you know, him getting me into Bollywood movies and songs and Punjabi music and just like, you know, taking him with me for like I just remember the time we. I don't give a. I don't. And no, I can't sit here and tell you like my dad's bank account. He did this for a living. He had this car. Yeah, I don't care. You know, like. Yep. And, and I think life is just a giant story. So you might as well make your story the best you can because that's what people are going to remember. The yeah. stuff with them, how you impacted their life, and just your stories. You yep. know why? So I'm like, man, that is, someone's gonna be like, that guy's crazy. This guy liked wrestling so much. He interviewed Stone Cold Steve Austin. Story. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, yep. like, it's it's about the stories. And I think I just, I don't know if that answers the question about hobbies and passions. Yeah, like I can sit here and be like, I like long watches, walks on the beach and <laughs> going to the gym, and I like just chilling and listening to music and stuff. Like, yeah, I like those things. Yeah, I, I was a big hockey fan growing up, but yeah. I, well, anything that involves a good story that like I can get sucked into, like some drama, and like just leave me with a good, good, I don't know, feeling or lesson, I'm with it, you know? Yeah. And let me, uh, I can kind of like circle it back to, to your like actual name because, um, because you mentioned obviously, you know, uh, sorry for your loss, by the yeah. way, with your father passing. And my, my father passed back in, uh, 2009. Yeah. Um, and him, he was, you know, he was the, uh, he was my wrestling, you know, friend. Him and my uncle as well. Like, but you know, yeah. he's he's from the south, so I grew up watching. You know, they would get tapes of like, you know, mid south wrestling. So I was more familiar with the, you know, the Von Erics, um, Butch, yeah. uh, JYD, Dusty, all that stuff. Before you know, getting into you know. You know, the East Coast wrestling, obviously, oh, WWF. So I went you backwards. With, you with the territories. You were with the territories. Yeah, I was a, I was, I was a territory guy because my father is from, you know, uh, born in Mississippi by way of Arkansas. Yeah. But uh, he, so his his favorite wrestler um, back then was Junkyard Dog, J-Y-D, yeah. who would, uh, you know, who would, you can argue it, you could say whatever you want. But back then, they, his his popularity at the time would rival or could rival Hulk Hogan at the time. Um, no, he's the biggest star in Mid-South, you're right. Yeah, and him being, you know, you know... The whole story about him getting blinded by Michael P.S. Hayes and the people... Yeah, the fans, know, people, fans trying wear to the, kill... Wear the sunglasses and everything. Yeah, fans trying to kill trying to kill uh, Michael P.S. Hayes yeah, and everything. I'll tell you one more story. Um, but yeah, but yeah he, uh, he... Yeah, so, like, him, you know, growing up on that and, you know, like I said, him rivaling that that popularity and my father, like, really, you know, that, that was his favorite wrestler at the time. The wrestling classic, he, you know, the person that won the wrestling classic tournament was That's Junkyard crazy. Dog. That's beating, crazy. You know, <laughs> being That's uh, Man Randy Savage. That's How crazy is that? Correct. <laughs> That's nuts. Try to That's kind of like bring it a full circle. And I, I just thought about it. That's a cool little story. Like, I enjoyed that. Like, I, I enjoy things like that. I genuinely enjoy someone like giving me coincidences or a story. Like, 
I'm gonna give you one last story. We should probably wrap this up because it's like two hours long. I don't oh yeah, no, we yeah we're going crazy. Uh, um, Jeez. <laughs> but like, uh, you brought up the junkyard dog, and that's and that, it reminded me of that story. But when uh, junkyard dog got blinded, and the fans actually yeah. tried to like stab PSAs and junkyard dog, yeah. playing up the being blinded thing. He'd come there wearing his sunglasses every week. He couldn't yeah. see right. Like, it was like a real deal thing, right? So another thing that happened in 2020, and another reason why I forgot about this for a minute. That another reason why I wasn't so like excited to go back into doing interviews again was when I started the casual conversations thing. And once again, I was trying to just interview people that I knew that I had yeah. like a proper relationship with that were like I could reach out to and it wouldn't be like hard to like, hey, just come on here. And yeah. one of those people were, was Shad Gasper because I was just in California in oh. February 2020, right before the pandemic. And I saw Shad down there, went out with my with a couple of friends out there and Shad was at the bar too. I saw him in New York the year before that. Every time he saw me, he'd always treat me like I was an old friend. Like, he just really vibed with me. So when we did the first casual conversation, me and Shad, which wow. I think was like my second or third interview, he was like, dude, it's a pandemic. We're on lockdown. All my stuff's on hold. He's like, why don't we start a podcast? So we did another casual conversation. And then we did three more episodes of NFG Radio. Because when I asked him, like, well, what do you want to call it? He goes, let's yeah. call it No Fucks Given. I'm like, listen. <laughs> and then this tells you that I knew something was going to happen on my page. I'm like... I keep getting in trouble anyways. <laughs> like, maybe we should call it NFG Radio because I, I I'm so under their radar that I keep getting in trouble for like the dumbest things. Before the page I down, I was getting in trouble for the dumbest things. And then um so like let's call it NFG Radio. And um so we went on there and uh we st- we did episodes and they're all on my YouTube channel, so guys, they're not monetized. If they are, let me know because I don't want them to be monetized. It's not like that. Um, and they're also all available in audio form on wherever you listen to podcasts, energy radios. Check them out. The honest, it's weird to me now because now looking back at it, it feels like a memoir to his life. Because we literally talked about his entire life from a teenager being a bouncer to getting into wrestling, uh, being Mike Tyson, like something with Mike Tyson. I forget it was. I think it was like Mike Tyson's bouncer for something, uh, security or something. I don't even know. It's crazy story. Crazy stories. Like this guy in the. The span of three episodes of just as regular podcast, because the first two were casual conversations and like um we talked about a bunch of wrestling stuff for sure. But like the last few episodes, like one of them was literally just about his life. And uh mm. the last one we did, because we would always stay on after we ended the episode, like we'd still like be on here and talk to each other for like 30 minutes to an hour or whatever. And and um we got off the last episode we did together and um you know, we, I started asking for advice about some stuff I wanted to do, and he was giving me advice. And then somehow, I don't know how we got there, he starts telling me this whole story about the junkyard dog being blinded in Memphis wrestling. And Michael, I think it was Michael PSAs, I might be wrong, but someone blinded a junkyard dog. No, it was. It was. Everybody wanted to kill him and oh, yeah. attacking him and this and that. And it, it just reminded me of that right now. So I was like, that was one of the last conversations I had with Shad was – um, we talked about a whole bunch of stuff, but one of the last things we talked about was this whole junkyard dog angle. And he was so excited telling me about it because he's still such a wrestling fan. He's like, that was the coolest thing. Like, you don't even know. Like, everybody thought it was real. And and I, uh, and then, you know, that, that he went out swimming that day. And then the next yeah. day he was missing and then et cetera, et cetera. But uh, I think one of the things that also gave me a lot of confidence was, um, Shad being like, when I said, let's start this, okay, do you want me to start your YouTube channel? He's like, no, put it on yours. Do you mm-hmm. want me to start your Instagram? No, let's promote through yours and mine. Wow. And he's like, I want to do this for you. He's like, you're like, there's a lot of people that do stuff, but he's like, you're really knowledgeable. Plus, you're also really respectful and professional and positive about this stuff. 
and he's like, I want to do something for you so you pop off. And I'll That's never awesome. forget that. And unfortunately, he passed away, and it sucks. And um, yeah. But, you know, what do I remember now? Right? It's a yeah. story. He's starting a podcast. With, yo, this guy was in Crime Time. He was on WWE television. He did all these amazing angles. He was in movies. I don't remember any of that. That's cool. Great. I remember being a friend for me that tried to do something for me for no good reason other than like he wanted to see me succeed because he believed in me. That's what I remember about Shaq Gaspar. That's the story I remember. I remember the story about him telling me about the junkyard dog. That's what I remember about Shaq Gaspar. And that goes back to what I was trying to say is that you can do all these amazing things and you can be all these amazing things. And that's great. I've been the wrestling classic to you for all these years, right? Yep. You'll probably remember me and you having this conversation more than anything else I ever did before. Yep. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Like, and I think that's what people don't understand. Like you, everyone has the power to make an impact on someone. Me yep. going to that WrestleMania hotel in Dakota, guy getting like, happy to see me. That meant a lot to me. Natalia telling me to come back the next day because she didn't get the chance to talk to me and she really wanted to meet me. That meant a lot. Me meeting Kathy Kelly and her stopping me like, no, I appreciate you. Like, we really appreciate what you do. That meant a lot. Me walking in there and Rosenberg and Ryan Sad and all these people that are doing all these cool things that I look up to. Yep. Remembering me on site without me even saying, hey, it's me. They're like, yo, Josh Wrestling Classic, what's up? I'm like, oh, I'm still that person. They know who I am. That means something to me. That's what I remember. More than anything they do for their careers or whatever, I remember the way they made me feel because technically we're all a little selfish and that's just the truth of the matter. So yeah, that's true. Good stories, leave people with good stories, leave an impact on people, be a good person. People don't forget it. You think they will, but they won't. Trust me. Like you never, you never do. There's another point where I felt like, man, I have no direction. I don't know where I'm going with this stuff. And I was sitting exactly where I'm sitting right now. And I was just chilling, watching Dynamite. And MJF was like, I was on this page called The Wrestling Classic. Oh, man, I remember I watched that. That was amazing. I was like, did he just, because I didn't, he said shout out incoming. I didn't know he meant like on TV. (laughs) Yeah, he said said it. I I remember seeing it. I was like, I was like, holy, I was like, holy shit. He just mentioned The Wrestling Classic on (laughs) in his promo. And then there was a handful of like WWE wrestlers that hit me up. I was like, dude, if we weren't so scripted, we'd shout you out all the time. And like, just all those little comments and all those little things. And someone, you know, will get some people like they might make fun of me, like being very like, like still getting excited about like someone giving me a shout out and recognizing me. Like, why do you get excited? That's so marky. Like, uh, no, because it it means a lot. And I want to remember what happens. I I don't ever want to forget someone like giving me attention when they don't have to. Like, it means. That's what it's about. It's not about me like chasing cloud. I want to show people. It's me wanting to be like, man, like, yeah, you don't have to. Like, that's really yeah. nice to do that because there's no expectation. Like, I shouldn't be important to you, but you make me feel important. And I need people to know that you're cool enough to do that, you know? Yeah. You didn't call him and say, hey, put me in your promo. <laughs> oh, I didn't, man. I <laughs> like a week before that, saying something a little sentimental. Like, you know, I don't give a, I said something like, said some crap like not crap that's just me trying to downplay it but i said some yeah. stuff like uh uh you know i was like listen i don't care how famous or popular i'm like, i always gonna love for you i'm like you know uh, you're still the max i remember from the beginning you know and uh he's like thanks man shout out incoming i don't know what that man <laughs> i didn't know what wow. he meant no, now you know. i have no yeah. idea what he meant from that yeah, i was like national, national tv 
then he gave me a shout out on a story about some promo that some clip I posted from an interview I did with him years ago in like 2017. I was like, oh, maybe that was a shout out. Give me a shout out on a story, whatever. I don't think it was how, but as he was telling the story in that promo, like he's telling the story, like, oh, I got bullied. I went to school, yeah. football degree. I don't want to be there. I was like, oh, this is a true story because I know his story. That is a true story. If anyone that doesn't didn't know or was questioning it, like a lot of the promos where MJF gets serious and talks about his life. Like ninety five percent true, like they're not like he might like exaggerate certain things and like spice it up a little bit here and there, but like they're not even like that. That promo was like ninety nine percent true. Like I don't know if like there's, there's some things I don't know for sure. Like about like the younger like getting bullied and getting nickels thrown at them. I don't know if that exactly happened. Yeah, but they're going to college, the university thing with the football, and they're going home to like that's all true. He kind of told the same story again where he told his dad he wanted to do this and. Uh, my dad said, I'll give you, you know, university would have taken you four years. I'll give you four years to make it. It's all true. That's insane. So as he was telling that story, I was like, oh, he could say it. Because him looking at a picture on my page. So here's the thing. To anyone that really wants to know. I don't really know if it was that CM Punk shaking hands with Daniel Bryan picture. He did like that on my page. He did comment on it. But once again, he was a follower of the page and liked and commented on a lot of things. Yeah. I, my knowledge, my memory, my memory of it, it was it was a Roddy Piper promo I posted that he saw on my page. Mm. And then he drove home and told his dad, he wanted to be a wrestler because he watched this promo. And he's like, that's what I, I just, I just felt like that's what I want to be doing. And it was this Roddy Piper promo. Obviously, storyline purposes, he said it was this picture of CM Punk and Daniel Bryan shaking hands, which yeah. also could be true. He could have seen, I could have posted yep. those two things on the same day. I don't know. Yep. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, it could be true. It could have been a Roddy Piper promo, CM Punk and Daniel Bryan shaking hands, a picture of Brie Bella. Like, I don't know. Like, it could have been a plethora of things that he saw that day. But um, that's, it was cool. That was another cool moment. But yeah. Um, I always leave off with this before I sign off. I was I was asked a question before the end of the show. Um, it's obviously wrestling related. So if you could pick one match for somebody that's on the fence about getting into professional wrestling, what would that match be? That's going to pull them in and just make them a fan instantly right when they see it. That's tough because a lot of good wrestling matches, but if it's someone that's like on the fence and doesn't watch a lot, it wouldn't be a really good wrestling match. People think that's a when I answer that, they're like, why? Because I'm like, nobody cares about a really good wrestling match if you're not actually. Yeah. I'm not gonna put on Kenny Omega and Okada for someone that doesn't. Oh no, they gotta be like, the hell is this shit? That's super cool because you like this. (laughs) A regular person's gonna be like, why am I watching these fake fights so hard? Um and so it's, I mean, the, I off the top of my head, I'm like Undertaker, Mankind, Hell in the Cell, TLC, okay. X7. One that I actually love showing people. Here's a hidden gem one because those are very common, right? Those two, yeah. those two I just named are very common. And I mean, when I say like I wouldn't show, I wouldn't even show someone that's on the fence about wrestling, Shawn Michaels, Undertaker from WrestleMania 25, because that's still like, I feel like you need to be a wrestling fan to appreciate that match. Yeah, right? I think so, yeah. So I'm thinking like one match I actually love showing people that is like so over the top and silly and crazy but like <laughs> a lot of like memorable people are in it like people they saw like throughout their life or like seen generally is there's a match on one of the early smackdowns in september okay okay and it's a buried alive match and it's a rock and mankind versus the undertaker and the big show 
and I love showing this match to people because I'm like, just keep watching it. The longer you watch it, the more crazy it gets. There's that whole bump where like the Big Show throws the mankind from the stage, and he bounces oh, off. He bounces into the into the like the thing, and that, that enough is like people. Are like, What's going? On? Then these are like hitting each other with shovels, like for real. <laughs> gets involved. China gets involved. Kane gets involved. And then to top it off, when it's all said and done, an ambulance comes out to take, like, I think it was the big show into the ambulance. And then Triple H is trying to, like, load the big show into the ambulance or something. And then Stone Cold pops out of the ambulance, beats the crap out of Triple H, throws him in the back of the ambulance, <laughs> drives the ambulance to the back, jumps into a semi truck, and crashes it into the ambulance. And this all happens in one match. And I was going to show someone that's never watched wrestling a match. I would show them that because. It's just it's like they'd be like, what, like what happens next? Like, did Triple H die? Like, <laughs> is that man buried alive? And is mankind okay? Like, <laughs> and people know those names. They're like, people know the Rock. People know Stone Cold. People know mm-hmm. Triple H. People know Kane and the Undertaker. So it's like, I love showing people that because it's just it's so ridiculous. And I yeah. think the match needs to be ridiculous. Like you would have to show them like a stadium stampede or something for them to like the stuff that hardcore wrestling fans might think or like wrestling purists might think is silly is the stuff you might have to show someone that's on the fence. Exactly. That's how you that's the gateway. That's how you get people in. Like mine, I always say WrestleMania eight. Yeah. Roddy Piper and Bret Hart. That's a my, great banger, but there's a lot of emotion in that, so that's fair. Actually. Yeah, so it's not like it's not like they're like it's not, it's not a technical match because Roddy no. Piper, if you know, not a technical wrestler. Yeah. So it's brawling, it's technical, it's it's literally it's like you said, it's drama, it's everything, it's the highs, the lows. It's like a perfect like storm of if you want if without the crazy zaniness of the yeah. you know shovels and buried alive stuff. But if you want to see the attitude, right? Yeah, if you want to. <laughs> In that case, too, then I, I've always loved and appreciated Savage vs. Warrior WrestleMania 7. Savage yes, Warrior. Yes, that's, what, that's one of my favorite matches, too. The whole love story at the end, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, like, yeah oh, Elizabeth. You have to be like, the, like you, if you expect like, the loser, this has to retire. <laughs> like, the career. <laughs> then you already have the drama there. Then it's like, oh, and now this guy's manager turns on this random woman that's in the crowd comes out and reunites with him and it's this big emotional moment it's it's a the warrior's looking for his powers in his hands like why can't savage literally had the match won but decided to keep going for flying elbows for god knows what reason the madness (laughs) (laughs) oh so good over the top characters like that's what's gonna sell people in wrestling it's it's the over the i mean i've there was a point on my page like where I because I because that's what I enjoyed the most is like I should be posting people's promos all the time. I was talking yeah, about like, I remember why, that. Why do you think my page was so popular? I was posting moments that people remembered, beer trucks and this and that. It was I wasn't posting full length matches until later. Cause that's what people people remember the moments. People yeah. I could share a Ric Flair promo on my page and as a video, and I can share clips or highlights from you know, Kenny Omega versus Brian Danielson. That Ric Flair promo is going to get shared more because that's more universally understandable. Oh, yeah. What's happening between Brian Danielson and Kenny Omega in that ring of the story they're telling, you got to kind of already be a wrestling fan to understand that. Yep. No, exactly. But the guy is saying limousine riding, jet flying, kiss stealing, wheeling, dealing, my shoes cost more than your house. Yep. Someone's, anyone's going to find that funny. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, it's getting hard to yeah. keep these gators down. That's a... Uh... It's universal. To to that. 
That shit's universal. The man's dropping elbows on his jacket, losing his mind. <laughs> That's entertaining. <laughs> like, you know, why does Macho Man sound the way? Why? Where does he keep getting these these cream packets from? I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> the cream, the cream rises to the top. Like, he kept pulling them up. Where is he pulling? Yeah, where the hell? Is he? He's a magician. Yeah, Macho like, the magician. That's more universal than a good wrestling match. I think if I was to like give advice for the wrestling industry right now is give things that are more universal than just giving stuff that's catering to the fans that you're going to have regardless of the fact. Yep. Exactly. I'm not the biggest perfect fan of Orange Cassidy's title reign, but I understand why the character is very popular. Yeah. Because it's Orange universal. Cassidy. Anyone might watch Orange Cassidy and be like, what is this? And I might want to see more. You know? He's interesting. Yeah. And that's all that matters. He has a gimmick that pulls you in. Oh man, this is great! Thank you for yeah, the. Uh, I, I mean, two parts or something. <laughs> this is. I mean, I might. I mean, I might not. It's, it's going to be like a, like a Joe Rogan asking. You have to sit here and listen to the whole two hours and nineteen minutes. <laughs> but no, man, this is. Um, Got into four hours here. <laughs> I know, right? This is amazing. I can like, I can like talk forever. If if you didn't know by now, I can just keep on going on and on. But I thank you for uh, having me. Thank you for trying to make me feel special and. Like I was important to be on here. Um, oh, now you are special. If you, if you go for me, it's like an upswing. You keep getting more analysis, you know? So that is- that's that's the plan. Where, anyway. do I mean, Where do you live? Where do you live? I live in uh, Massachusetts. I'm telling you, bro, just go to um, – if, if there's ever a wrestling convention there, go take a microphone. You'll get a bunch of no's. you get their promoters being like, F no, you got to pay them. But you'll get one guy that will say yes, like a godfather, and then you get that interview. <laughs> you know, I, I, I could have I actually went to one recently, uh, about a month ago, and um, it was a uh, chaotic wrestling. It's a local uh, uh, wrestling organization around here. I could have gotten an interview, but I was, I was, I was. It, it was at a brewery. Everyone was drunk. I was drunk. It was, uh, hey, I was, I've been there. I said, man. <laughs> there was no way I was going to conduct an interview. You know, you're drunk. <laughs> So, like, if that opportunity comes up again, then you're like, oh, maybe I can get an interview out of this. Yeah. It, just the littlest things. Once again, it was me showing up and just meeting people to yeah. make network connections. And it was just, you know, keeping them and just asking, man. I learned uh, at some point you just got to ask. And sometimes someone will say yes. Sometimes they'll say yes and never happen. And sometimes they'll say yes and, you know, make it happen. Sometimes they'll say yes and they'll wait till they have something happening in their life to come back to you and be like, hey, do you want to do it now? And I'm like, yeah. oh, that- you just had nothing going on, so you didn't want to do it. I get it. But, um, yeah. <laughs> one thing, I, one thing I learned in retail is an operate. Yeah. You just offer. You just keep on offering. You're yeah. gonna get a bunch of no's. You're gonna get a bunch of no's, and then eventually someone's gonna say yes. I think a lot of advice. This thing, the other thing, I, <laughs> last piece of advice I'm gonna give. And this one I'll say solo without us saying everything else again. Is this like one of the other things that I learned very? Uh, I learned a while ago, but it's a very it's a, it's a very important thing, right? Like I, I talk about, like I, I think everyone has an ego and sometimes we got our egos hurt and whatnot, but um, I learned to not take things personally. Yes. Rejection, if someone doesn't do something, if someone doesn't respond to you, if someone leaves your DM on scene, yep. no, uh, don't take that personally because you never know what someone's going through in their life or if they're yep. having a bad day or it might not look like it on social media because social media is fake. Um, yep. You know, just, you never know, so just don't take it personally. Sometimes it's not even about you. It could be. I'm not saying there's, there's, there's like a slim chance. Of- <laughs> they might not like you. They might find you annoying. But, you know, yep. they might just not want to do it. Um, 
but there's also a huge case that's not the case. There's probably a larger case that that's not the case. But sometimes yeah. the case they just don't know who you are. They don't know enough about you. I just think, yep. uh, just don't take things personally. Like, do your best not to take things personally. Because, you know, sometimes it's business. Sometimes it's not even personal. Sometimes it's their own problems. You know, yeah. it's not... It's a, and it's an actual thing. And there's been many times where I thought someone was ignoring me or didn't want to talk to me. I even just told you the whole story earlier about like the social media guy that I thought didn't like me, but ended up helping me so many times. Yeah. Two years, you know, like, and I went like four or five years thinking this guy didn't like me because he, because he brushed me off and said, hit me up with a DM. And I thought like, oh, he doesn't want to talk to me. He's not going to respond to my DM. He actually probably meant hit me up with a DM. I'm just an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> he's being direct with you. He's like, just do that <laughs> yeah like he's like i'm busy hit me up with the dm i'll get back to you he knew exactly you know what i mean so like don't take things personally don't overthink things i'm a notorious overthinker i know it's harder to do than you know it's easier said than done but um yeah that's the last thing just don't take things personally probably best definitely words of wisdom and uh we'll end it there thank you it's been a pleasure thank you for uh joining me on this uh wonderful audio journey <laughs> um it's it's been a blast and i will uh talk to you guys soon talk to y'all later Ooh, peace yeah.